Hello, good evening and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Rantledge and Dave Forrester with you to go back all of the action this week. And it's only a weekend. There were some good games this weekend. Yeah, there was actually. No yeah. midweek games to... Uh, to the, I, mean, I think that's changing next week. I think there's Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, all sorts going on this week. But uh, I yeah. think with midweek games is remembering them. Yeah, it's yeah, not, it's they not, happened. It's not, the, um, it's not actually what having to watch them, it's actually having to remember them because it almost seems like a month ago. Well, one that uh, only seems like a couple of days ago was Manchester Giants 84, Cheshire Phoenix uh, 87. Uh, Lee was back for the Giants. Teague is done for the season. Uh, Neighbour is also out. So Cheshire uh, uh, on retro night at Manchester. We're going back to old school Jets, six-man rotation type stuff. I'm just disappointed that we didn't just get a big zone with Hero Cameron yeah. in the back of it. Memories, memories. Well, you, you say Manchester Giants versus Cheshire Jets or Chester Jets or Cheshire Phoenix. Mm. Um, you know, it's a little bit, um, it reminded me a little bit of Thomas Bell. This, this because it's actually Manchester Giants the third. Well, I don't know whether it might not be the fourth. Manchester basketball is quite complicated. Yes, it is. That's not good. There, there, there are four different franchises that have been called Giants, Giants based in the Northwest at some point. I don't think have we ever had a fourth. Have we ever had a fourth player, a player, somebody the fourth playing in the league? Hmm, I can think of Wade Baldwin the fourth, but he hasn't yet made it to uh, to yeah, the BBL Shores. Well. Well, the reason I raise it is as follows. There's it, something which goes a little bit beyond Manchester this, uh, before we start on the game. Um, so apologies for anybody who wants to hear immediately about the game. Um, the, the league at this point in time, in, in my view, has a, quite a significant issue with governance. Um, and that, that comes from a lot of different areas. But it's exemplified by, by the position that Manchester have found themselves in through basically no fault of anybody who's been there this season. Mm. Right? Um, for those who don't know, about a week ago, the league put out a um, statement saying that they had taken over the running of the Giants um, and effectively assumed ownership. Um, they assumed that ownership from what appears to have been a vacuum because there wasn't any owners beforehand other than Jimmy Edwards, um, who, did, who was best known, I'm afraid, for doing a, a, a pretty vacuous hoop fix podcast a year ago. And um, has been pretty much sidelined this year from what I can see with, with Vince taking over. So the leaguers took it over and it, it was there was a nice splashy league press release explaining that how it was, they were um, asking for bidders and asking for information. Um, people inviting people to come and join and bid. I'm quite sure into the transatlantic market as much as anything else, which is fine. Um, and it only subsequently turns out three or four days later when we get a Manchester Evening News article um, coming out that, in fact, it's not quite the league has just taken a franchise over. The, the, the franchise has technically gone into administration and then the league has purchased it in something known in the trade as a pre-pack administration, which is not unknown to basketball because mm. it's exactly the same process that the Guildford Heat um, carried out. 15 years ago when they'd burned all their money playing in Europe and played Ricky Ruby and Babylon at the ice rink and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually um, they did. And what a pre-pack administration is, is basically a situation whereby the business is sold, the business is wound up, but sold as a going concern. And I'm not a company boy, so please don't rely on any, anything I say is, is gospel here. And the benefits of it are that it basically allows everything to continue as before. That's mm. the sporting benefit. 
the um although negative... from from the sporting side because it's a franchise thing the league can pull the franchise back and give the franchise to any other company it wishes they can so it's, so yeah. it's entirely about the, the league has a whole um uh, uh... which has happened loads Cheshire, yeah. Plymouth, yeah. loads. Indeed. And the, the league has a whole panoply of um, options available to it. And I get all of that. And I don't, you know, and I, I don't have, but I don't think when, when we get to it, that is actually, it, the league probably could have done anything else. So I'm not overly critical of the decision. What I am critical of, and this is where it comes to my, my concern in relation to governance, um, is firstly what the, the downside of the prepack is that people don't get paid. You know, Portsmouth FC did the same thing effectively, and the people who and the football creditors were paid, and the ice cream men and the local pasty makers and the St. John's ambulance weren't paid. Right now, I'm assured by people I trust that that has not happened in Manchester, and everybody who has been employed will be paid, etc., which is good. But who the people who aren't being paid, according to the Malcolm Manchester Even News article, are the um. Uh, Sport England and the government in relation to COVID relief, the COVID relief loans, which were paid the bounce back loans. Now it's pretty much a drop in the ocean in relation to Rishi's bounce back loans. <laughs> Indeed, written off about yeah, four, yeah. four billion. Yeah. You know, you give give out four billion public when we don't get it back, it's probably fraud and we'll make you prime minister. Happy days. Mm -hmm. So, but even so, it's still our money in relation to Sport England. It's still our money, and it doesn't. And the reason it doesn't um, sit well with me is because we have to wind back about 18 months and you have to wind, but this isn't about this year and Vince because they've been operating under whatever parameters the league set down all year and that's all they can do, okay? Um, but you go back 18 months and you've got um, Dan Clark signing two-year contract and only, only playing for one year and, and, and one probably assumes not, not getting paid. You've got Lloyd Gardner going up there and then ending up leaving. You've got Manchester with a, what, a 12-man bench playing mm -hmm. in the cup final. Right, and ultimately we all know, and just it's it's just what London City Royals was three years beforehand, without the, the kind of the flashy London owner. Basically, you know, we've got an utterly unsustainable business which is skewing the competition. All right, um, and then I look around and I look around at the um, at the the profile of the rest of the rest of the leagues, the rest of professional sport, and it's only when you look at that that you realise just how far behind or certainly how much of the wild west the bbl is right bbl has always been run as uh, on the kind of sir humphrey appleby good chap theory which is everybody involved is in it to if certainly for the past 20 years has been in it to build the league to build the, to, to try and help each other to run businesses and there's a lot of excellent common practice across all the clubs mm. You know, so if one, if one club gets something to work, then you know, and suddenly you're chucking ducks at four or five different clubs. You know, mm. hoops and for health is a good hoops example. For health, exactly. And then all the university links. I remember when when Newcastle started going in the Northumbria at Sports Central, and you know, that might be I think that and obviously investigate that links with Loughborough and sorry, take you know all that type of stuff. It's all good practice, and there's an enormous amount of kind of positive communication between the owners behind the scenes to build things up. But the good chap rule, the good chap situation only works as far as it when everybody's part of that that kind of same vision. And at the moment, we've got two diverse visions within the old, within the league. And if you look at football, football actually has in each league they have not only um, financial fair play in relation to, to kind of costs, 
but they also have penalties for administration. You know, mm. We just had Reading Football Club this year, this, this yeah, week. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah. In relation to rugby, exactly the same. They have um, administration penalties and, and teams ultimately can be have all their fixtures wiped. And they both they have a salary cap. Rugby League has a salary cap. Cricket has a salary cap. And also, because of what they did to Durham County Cricket Club about five or six years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. got them. Um, to my parochial eyes, very unfairly, but they gutted them because they broke financial rules. Okay? We have nothing. Mm. We have nothing in place at all. Um, there is absolutely no disincentive for anybody um, to do what has happened at Manchester, whether it was with good intentions or false intentions. I'm quite sure it was with good intentions. Yeah, I'm not yeah. suggesting anybody's deliberately trying to you know, to run about, you know, it's, it's, it's a BBL, you know, it's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make your, your, your world off it. Everybody has great ideas when they're going to. But there's nothing in place to dissuade this type of um, conduct, to dissuade the possibility of someone pulling the plug. And that involved, and that becomes even more concerning from my perspective on a governance perspective, when you get to the point whereby, unfortunately, we have a 10-team league and we have three of them, three of those teams effectively owned by one organization. Mm. And um Plymouth, I say effectively, because you know, Plymouth, we don't no one's ever, I don't think it's ever been formally put on the record exactly what the Plymouth arrangement is, but the understanding is that the, the league still has a strong hand in how, how Plymouth is running because basically otherwise there wouldn't be a club. Mm. And they're trying to and, and Carl down there is is trying to run it, and the guys down there are trying to run it as well as they can, but they have a hand in it from the league as well. Now, when you then throw in the fact that the league itself, as an entity, if you involve, if you include those three clubs, is now more than fifty percent owned by the same organisation, mm. right? Then there is a need for the rules and the governance of it to be absolutely transparent, right? Not for any other reason, not because anybody's doing anything wrong. But to put away from the, the, the pull away from the view that there could be something wrong going on, to do away with the conspiracy theories, the fans, everything else. You know, well, mm. the league want this to happen, the league want that to happen. It doesn't sound yeah, like yeah. the league yeah, itself yeah. has always been an entity of comprised. My answer to that was always simple. That's all. It's a club. The yeah, league yeah. is a club. So why would the league want anything to happen? Yeah, but yeah. it's slightly different now because the league isn't just the league isn't the clubs. Three of the clubs are the league as well. Mm. And um, the downside of all of this is that they need to get their house in order and this is probably more and i know it's probably it probably wasn't highly on iron raiden's kind of inbox when he, he came to it um but the, for the credibility of the competitive development of the competition um it's more important that they get the governance in order in relation to what the rules are and that everybody knows what the rules are and that there are some rules mm. Um, then we worry about hiring a broadcast crew or whatever they're doing on, on which was also advertised this week. Okay, so I my my starting gambit on it is I don't see how any and this this is this is really rather kind of I've played around with this in my head a little bit because of the the, the consequences in relation to the team I support. So I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get pelters about this, mm. but I can't see the way, and it's not gonna happen now because these are the, there's no rules in place. But from next year onwards. I cannot see the way that any team that goes into administration in the course of the season um, should be permitted to play in the playoffs. I think that is just just a nonsense because effectively you, you've gained an advantage on on all the other teams by spending money that you didn't have. 
Yeah. Whereas nobody wants a club to nobody wants a club to go under. And in fact, as I say, I don't think the league could necessarily have done much different with Manchester. I think you know there is a a real there is a need for a club in Manchester. Um, if they haven't found an appropriate buyer yet, then it should it can be put out to that buyer. But clearly, they've not found anybody who would take it on as a going concern, which is why they've had to wipe basically wind it up pre-packet administer and say, right, we're starting all over again, free of any debt. So they found nobody who was willing to pay off the Sport England loans or nobody who was willing to um, pay off the COVID loan to take over the club. So instead, it's it's happened this way. And I suppose it's just a question of not looking at basketball on its own in a um, in a vacuum. You know, if all these other sports have got these reasons, they've got these got these rules. Yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. rules yeah. for a reason. And we are so far behind at this moment in relation to that. And this, you know, and I, I generally think governance is a word used by people who don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm pretty cynical about layers, and you've heard it with GB yeah. layers and layers of governance and all this type of stuff. As somebody who spent eleven years as the chair of governors, I, I, I feel obliged to push back slightly on that. But I know, I know what I you're know right. What you mean. You're right because it is important. Yeah, yeah. But to those of us who see what's at the front of the house, it's not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, t- no, I totally agree with that. And now, now I rail against the governance of sport in this country as well on a, on a macro level rather than a specifically yeah. basketball related level. But on a BBL level, you know, yeah. no, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's approaching critical mass. And the Manchester thing, kind of, and as I say, without um, criticizing anybody involved other than possibly the people who ran up the debts last year, yeah, which is what happened. Um, I'm also critical of the league because the league weren't, wasn't straightforward in relation to its press release. It should not be for us to read stuff in the Manchester Evening News three or four days later as to what actually has happened. Mm. You know, there's no harm in the league saying that this is what's happened and we're, we're taking steps to do it. And it's because, you know, it, I appreciate they might not want to say, well, we've, it might not be a great look for a, a new buyer to say, oh, by the way, it's by because the last guy ran out of money, but it's the truth. Mm. And it's going to come out anyway, so it's very yeah, bad yeah, comms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very bad comms, not to not to fess up and just say this is the way it is, and this is what we are doing to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm. And it's happened too often. It's happened in London City. It happened. People didn't get paid. Mm. You know, people signed contracts. Players, everybody else signed contracts, didn't get paid. Um, well, Guilford I mean, we can back. all think of one player who was on two of those teams that who's yes, actually happened. You know, yeah. That's what happens on two teams, Plymouth, Plymouth with the Turkish guys. They didn't get paid. Mm. Now, I appreciate there's very little you can do um, after the end of a season if a team goes bust. Mm. You know, what, what kind of opportunity? You know, we all want teams. We want, want more teams. We don't want less teams. We don't want to be forcing them out of existence. Um, and there's very little. You can't really impose sporting penalties on a team, on a new club. You can yeah, say, yeah, well, yeah, the last yeah, one went yeah. into administration. You're going to start minus 12. You know, the ECB did that with Durham. And I thought that was pretty... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. pretty yeah, yeah. despicable to be honest, because it impacts. You've seen it in football as well, where somebody else has come in and there's still a sporting punishment for it. Yeah, I mean the sporting punishment is, is it generally in season. And what yeah. the football clubs do, as I understand, football leagues do, is they have a date mm. that you have to get past. If you get past that date, the then any punishment will come in the next, the next year. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it should be done that way. Now, as I say, there's the problem with that is that there were teams that sort of like go, oh, actually, we want the punishment now because we're getting relegated yeah. anyway. But there's they've, they've thought about it. Yeah, yeah, they have. Thought there's about something it. in yeah. place, yeah, yeah. and we have nothing in place. And uh, and I, I pre packs are entirely legal, so totally legitimate. 
There's no wrongdoing, no suggestion of any wrongdoing, um, but it does not sit well with this. This sport has failed, has done that, it's happened too many times before. Mm. You know, we should not be, um, in, you know, just basically continuing the same cycle of failure without addressing it and saying, this is why, this is how it's not, this is now how we can insist by way of a rules-based mechanism, it's not going to happen before. Yeah. So anyway, the game. So anyway, <laughs> given it's Manchester against Cheshire Phoenix, uh, yeah. slash Jets. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> let, let's go into the uh, into the game. Um, did I say Lee Lee was back and Teague is done for the season? Yeah, and neighbor was very out. right, does he though? No, 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 he was uh, he was pretty hobbled out from what I could yeah, see. But yeah, he looked like half a guy at the beginning of the season in relation yeah. to his movement around the court and his impact on the game. Yeah, uh, so Giants nine nothing up, led 19 to eight after uh. Five minutes, and then Archibald and Jack hit threes. Knicks with twelve in a row, and and it's back on in the because at first you were wondering, do they have enough guys, and will the Giants with all their offense get away? But but Knicks Knicks came back well in the second quarter. Yeah, they did, and the thing is, you know, seven's enough. You know, so yeah, seven, yeah, yeah, seven yeah. good guys is enough. Okay, it might wear wear you down in three weeks' time, but seven is enough on a Sky game and a in a Derby game. You just need to make sure all your guys are locked in and, and ready to go. Um, and um, the thing, as I said about Cheshire last week, Chester, they have um, they have BBL bodies. You know, they're all you actually see them up front. That you know, that there's not one of them carrying a carrying a pound. You know, maybe David Olds, but you know, probably not even not even him. Um, and he's meant to carry a few pounds because he's, that's his that's his job in the team. Um, uh, and you get the feeling they could kind of play all night. Mm. Um, now, and then and then they have the ones who are really, you know, kind of the real physical guys, Austin and Evans in particular, who are two really physical guards, and and um, Jamel as well. So you, you kind of they, they are quite systematic in what they do, and, and losing Ocherobia, losing Neighbor, um, losing T, it actually makes them more of the same. So they're more switchable defensively. Um and they're getting into a habit now of playing with Ulf in the middle because playing with Ulf in the middle is different than playing with Neighbor in the middle, and the advantage that Ulf gives them is he gives them second possessions, mm. you know, and 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 a physical presence and, and somebody that to use a colloquialism other players bounce off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you know a player that you know what I mean by that. Yeah, you know, there are players yeah. that people that, that that players other players go through, and there are players that other guys bounce off. We'll, he, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> uh, we will. Um, he's one who he's one who up. And so I like where they're at. I don't think they're going to be deep enough um, to maintain it if they don't get anybody back mm. through the playoffs. I, I fear for them in the playoffs. I think that. I mean, if it was a three-legged playoff, I would really fear for them. A two-legged playoff with Marcus Evans playing and Larry Austin Marcus Evans able to go off and Larry Austin shooting like that. Well, who knows? Mm. I do think they probably need one more. They need one body back. Manchester, um, they're just Manchester. <laughs> yeah, they're just Manchester. I first so, shout out for Vince's t-shirts. Uh, I got yeah, yeah. Nick Nurse, Jim Brown, and Joe Welton. I didn't see the fourth one. I didn't see who was on the fourth one. Well, one. they all the players had different t-shirts, uh, different players on, and whatever. So, right. um, obviously, Robinson had Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Jones had Jones. Oh, bet, um, yeah. Vince Brookings was on there. Yeah. There was Jason Swain was on one of the shirts as well. There was all sorts of John Tresvant was on there. All sorts of different. I saw Vince um, Brookings at Gates at Leisure Centre when I was ten. Yeah. 
most players ever saw, probably 82, 83, something. He probably like scored that. 40, didn't he? Probably, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, don't, I don't think I really understood enough about yeah. it then. I certainly, yeah. wasn't, certainly couldn't give you a scout report on him. Yeah. Um, but I think he might have been playing for Cadle at that time. Yeah. He was ever at Manchester, I think he might Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Before pre-BBL, be... it would have been 85-6, I would have thought. Maybe, maybe yeah, 12 yeah. or 13, yeah. yeah. Playing for Cadle, because I think that was the game where I saw Cadle walking down the corridor with the 24 pound. <laughs> right, Carling, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was a Carling, the Carling League or something, and the Carlsberg yeah. League, and you went yeah. in the... In the and the winning coach got 24 cans to take over yeah. the bus. Yeah, that was yeah. nutrition. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, that was great. So I thought that, I thought they really did a hell of a job with that. And the, and the logo on the court, which was, yeah. I made a salty comment on Twitter about who paid for it. Yeah. Um, the logo on the court was really good as well. Yeah. You know, and we, shouldn't, we do need Manchester Giants. Don't, yeah, 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 yeah. As, as I say to you, the, the complexity of Manchester basketball or the greater Manchester basketball with the, so, so everybody goes, Oh, the, you know, linking the current version of the giants to the, what they call the old version of the giants, but the old yeah. version of the giants, the Nick nurse version yeah. is actually, if you follow it back was sort of Liverpool, Warrington, Stockport, Belgrade, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And the Jeff Jones giants from the seventies, was the ATS Giants, and then that eventually disappeared out of all of his existence. And then because they'd gone, you'd got Bolton and Bury Giants, yeah, but which, they were the Lobos. which was the Olympic, the Lobos, Lobos before that, yeah. And that then was the, also the first away game I ever went to. I um, went there as well. That funny old building um, with the. It was the year that McEwen's Tyneside won two games all season. Yeah, made, yeah. With Tony Hansen, Sam Ellis. But for some reason, Bolton and Berry were rubbish as well. So yeah. they had a chance to avoid relegation on the last day yeah. Bolton Leisure Centre. And I, I got pushed into a bus and went and watched an away game. And obviously we got blown out by 120 to 105 or something. Yeah. Um, and lost. But, um, uh, um, but you know, my sister went as well. I think she was only about yeah. seven. You know, she yeah. ended up sitting on Sam Ellis' knee. It was such a Happy days and, and yeah, Olympic, Olympic City as well. We missed that bit. And nobody in this, nobody is listening. This cares. Or nobody cares. But but the point is, they've got all of these teams. Some of which were in Manchester, and some of which weren't. And they're not really all interconnected. But they're all called Giants. Uh, anyway, uh, fun game. Never more than five points each way. Let's get uh, let's get to the end. Archibald makes a three seventy seven eighty two with four and a half to go. Dirk with back to back threes, eighty three eighty. Two and and Dirk the, Williams in, clu- in crunch time this season has yeah. been just just off the chart. Yeah, I mean, it helps that Fletch is kind of able to get him the ball and he's figured out where he wants the ball. It's almost like he doesn't like he doesn't wind up. He doesn't go off too early in case he gives too much away. But in the off the he has been mm. off the chart. Well, I don't know if you heard the interview with Taylor at the end of the game with Jason today. He was no, talking about how good he says Dirk Williams is a better shooter than some of the guys in uh, in Europe. No. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, so two minutes to go. Archibald attack in transition gets an M one eighty three, eighty five. Lee misses the three. Uh, Nick's get two misses, and then Fletcher gets called for a foul on the rebound. Arm over the top. It was one yeah, of them that you couldn't top, see yeah, in real was, time. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was yeah. just enough. You could have yeah. just yeah. enough. I didn't. I did watch it back, but I didn't think no. no. I thought you know, it was yeah. It was one of them in real time. I couldn't see it, but when yeah. the replay down the court, it looked like a foul. Uh, Austin 0 for 2 from the free throw line. Yeah, that's his still... Achilles heel. He's missing yeah. foul shots. Yeah, yeah. He really is. He had so many offensive rebounds. But he really got, you know, he's the, the, the knock on the knock on Larry Austin. It's, only, it's a minor knock given everything else he provides him. 
is that his jump shot's really not improved and his foul shooting really hasn't improved to the level it needs to get to because that's the next step for him. He's a, he has a European first step, you know, and mm. a European athleticism, but he just has to be able to knock down more shots. So that was with 115 to go. Uh, ball's knocked out of bounds by uh, Anderson with 111 to go. Austin then knocks it loose and it goes out of bounds with 106 to go. <laughs> and those of you doing the maths at home, uh, Vince calls a timeout. Uh, and the clock had been inadvertently, I think when Austin knocked it loose, inadvertently reset. So it was out of bounds for 22 seconds. Um, and uh, it, the referees have a big discussion about it with the table and whatever and go, oh, actually, 115 to 106 is nine seconds. That's an eight-second violation. You haven't advanced the ball into the front court. Um, so Vince caught a timeout, I think, to advance the ball into the front court. But by the time he, he got into the huddle, he'd been called for an eight-second violation. I thought shot clock. I thought you go by the shot clock. But if the shot the clock, clock is 16. wrong, the shot clock said sixteen. No, no, no. The shot clock only said sixty. When the ball got knocked out of bounds, it said twenty-two, because yeah. somebody had inadvertently um, redone it. So then it was during the discussion they reset it to sixteen. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. somebody went, "Well, wait a minute. Somebody must have gone. It was one oh fifth, one fifteen on the game clock to one oh six on the game clock." Therefore, so the, it has so the, to be more so than so eight. At the very seconds. least, it's eight point two seconds. That's what. Yeah, said. yeah, yeah. So, because the game clock then got reset to one oh seven, because it would have been an eight-second violation. Oh, you would have lost a second. A bit of doubt on that. So, uh, it was one of those where I obviously I was uh, shout out to the referees for telling me, by the way, uh, what was going on because I had no idea. Um, uh, when I then watched it back uh, this morning. I was then, then paying attention to the clock in the way that I hadn't been earlier. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I think they got that right. But again, it would have helped if they had a um, had a replay that they could have looked at to sort yeah, of no, out. Was this the call? And I'm sorry, I've watched so many games. No, this was, that was a different game. Ignore yeah. that. Ignore okay. That. The ball went out of bounds on the far side, didn't it? Because it took the yeah. ball off, but they took the, bound, the ball into the basket and it went out of bounds on the far side. Yeah, yeah. But then the, well, it, it went out of bounds on the near side and then came back in and then was knocked out on the far side, the far which side. is why it took yeah. so long. Uh, I thought you might have called the timeout the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. so Cheshire got the ball back. 57 seconds to go and somebody, uh, Taj Green it was, bouncing off Ulf on the screen. Yeah, it was a Donovan Johnson call. It was awful. Mm, mm. It was the same as it was the same. I'm sorry, Rob from sorry. Donovan Johnson gets yet another mention, even though he's yeah. happy falling away in Greek in the Greek yeah. second division. Yeah. Um, Ulf was stood there. He was yeah. stood there. He did exactly what he was meant to do. He was. He gave him time to avoid him. He wasn't looking. He ran into him. He, it was a Klinsman call. Mm. You know, hair goes back. Die, you know, mm. those who remember the 1990s in Tottenham. Yeah. Um, you know, every time Klinsman got fouled, it wasn't. It wasn't that he dived a lot. It was just that his hair went everywhere, so it mm. looked like a lot and um he just bought it and you know it was again it was a call kind of um of the reaction as opposed to seeing what was happening before it happened mm. so i really felt for, for, for cheshire on that you guys talked around it a little bit you know and, and but generally when rose says oh i don't know about that that pretty yeah. much don't know what that means yeah yeah um and I, my view was it was just it was just wrong yeah i thought it was a tough one uh that was his fifth as well so there's yeah, uh just, you know it, 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 yeah yeah uh, timeout, uh, no advance. Fletcher finds Green uh, in the key. Little shovel pass, 43 seconds to go. He's fouled, and he misses both free throws. So it's still 83-85. Yeah. Just going back on that old thing, the thing that frustrates me about it is that Ulf made a hell of a play. That was mm. a really good play. 
Mm. That's exactly what he's meant to do. He got his guy open, you know, and he's been penalised for making a good play. That, yeah. that is more than just guys falling over and the ref calling the wrong foul. Yeah. You know, genuine injustice there. Yeah, Green Green is a Green has a motor, which is um having watched him a couple of times this weekend, which is I think is probably unrivaled in relation to big men in the league. You know, whatever happens, whatever play he makes, his first step is always kind of a hop skip and a jump and he's off running mm. down the other way. Mm. Um, which is why he's collecting the numbers that he is. Um yeah, his foul shooting, his three-point shooting kind of hit and miss, bit on and off. Um, but you know, he also plays a lot of minutes for them, and he's basically holding down the five spot with Robert in there, which mm. is hard work as well. Mm. Uh, another turnover, Jack steps on the sideline 23.9 seconds to go. We're still stuck at 83 85, mm. uh, and then 11 seconds to go. Robertson along the baseline, he's fouled going to the basket, he makes one for two, uh, so it's 84. Uh, 85 misses the second one and people sort of forgot to forgot to foul so they lost uh they lost a you few ticks off the clock back. no i didn't well i mean i didn't was there i didn't notice that mel anderson was in comfortably early in the lane um which it doesn't frustrate I mean, i'm not particularly i don't know whether it made an impact on the ball i'm not frustrated it wasn't called but i'm given some lane violations that we've watched this season yeah, that yeah, have been yeah, called. yeah. yeah. You know, you're not going to call one with 14 with 11 seconds to go um then uh, in, a, in a situation like that then you shouldn't be calling them at all so i, I wasn't i wasn't i wasn't overcome by the crunch crunch time roughing in this game to be honest so 6.5 seconds to go archibald to the line he does make two free throws 84 yeah. 87 timeout advance the ball. Dirk takes a shot that Dirk can make and he doesn't make it this time. Yeah, I mean, that's right. There's only so many times you can go to the Williams well mm-hmm. and eventually didn't make it. It's a heck of a game. I mean, you know, it's a heck of a game for Cheshire because they're playing players down and that, how that galvanizes you is, is mm-hmm. quite substantial. On top of that, it's a, it's a sky game and they don't play sky games at home, obviously, mm-hmm. so they don't get that many. Uh, on top of that, they've got a big crowd there because it's local, so the fans can go without, you know, basically spoiling their Friday night and their Saturday morning. And, um, you know, that kind of that kind of environment always makes it almost worth a win and a half. Mm. Manchester, I, I don't really think they... I mean, they want to win, but they're going to play the way they're going to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're going to be ready to play. In the, they're going to be ready to play in the two playoff games against whoever it is that they get. Mm. Nobody wants to be going there. Um, because you could be run out of the gym by 25. Yeah. Whether they lose every game before then or win every game before then, I really don't think it'll make much of a difference provided they're all healthy and time mm. players. Williams with 20.7 rebounds, Fletcher 19.7 assists, Green 18 points, 12 rebounds, 6 of 24 from deep, 16 turnovers, 15 points from them. Uh, Anderson 19 and 7, Austin 18 points, 8 assists, and Archibald 18 points. Yeah, the, um, um, the Kofi Joseph thing's interesting because obviously he's a new guy they've introduced mm. and played the first half. He didn't dare put him in the second half. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're interesting to see how much he integrates, particularly as Robinson is back because he can clearly shoot. He's another guy that you can put on the court, but whether or not he can, you know, compete in all the other ways that they need him to compete will be the question as to whether he, he's able to get on the court. Mm. Uh, London Lions 83, Leicester Riders. 81. Decker was back, but clearly not fully fit. Sharma was still out. Loving was out for Leicester. 
so Bowman into the starting lineup. Uh, London hitting threes early on, eased out to a 10-point lead, but this felt like a really long first quarter. There were a lot of stop, a lot of foul calls, a lot of stoppages. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, my initial view of this game is that you had three refs doing it and only one of them was really at the level that he needed to be at. And, you know, I don't say that lightly and I'm not sucking up to Keith because he wouldn't give us a tea anyway, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> um, but I thought the two younger refs in this game, you know, absolutely butchered this game. I just, you know, there was 50 fouls in it by the end. Um, there were a couple of egregious ones. I mean, the one that Zubcic got called for on the block on the baseline, which he subsequently got a technical for looking utterly astounded. Um, I'm not surprised. I was looking utterly astounded, you know. It's like what he's probably done a million times in his career. Um, there were there was a couple the other way as well. It wasn't it was in no way um particularly um uh, one way or the other. Um but what it contributed to was a, a game which didn't flow, which which a lot of the better players weren't playing for substantial minutes of the game because they're in foul trouble. And for which everybody was kind of looking around at what what's illegal contact and what's not. You know, I mean, the fifty fouls. You know, these guys, these are the two teams that don't foul much. Mm. You know, Leicester don't foul. London play physical, but they play physical smart. These are not teams who are committing the dumb rubbish that we see every week at times. Mm. Yeah, you know? and um, I just I couldn't go through all of the calls, and and I, I'm not going to. But I just thought it was just you know it was just a case of. Um, Two, you know, two of the younger guys who are refereeing in our league or this experience who were just just trying to keep a handle on what was going on, and and, and I thought just that killed the killed the flow of the game altogether, and that and you can see that because there was some frustration from London, particularly you know London London's heads nearly went in this game, certainly a few of them did. Luke Nelson wasn't ready at the end, missed a ton of foul shots. Oni is already Oni's a firecracker waiting to explode most games. And as I say, even Zubchich got kind of beyond his bulk and kind of shoulder shrug mm. at times as well. Um, so against that though, they, they turned out and they made a ton of threes early, and they got yeah, a yeah. team there because without even without without Sharma and with kind of the only guys in the middle being Zubchich, basically they got five out, and you know we know that if you play five out with guys who can shoot and guys who can penetrate, um, then um, you're a seriously tough team to guard. And those guys made a ton of shots early. Leicester. Didn't really. Mm. Leicester were pretty slow out of the blocks, and it was only when London began to lose a composure a little bit, and also Leicester got a bit of rhythm in their offense. Because, to be honest, missing, you know, Bowman is not a replacement for Loving. Loving mm. is probably Leicester's most important player in relation to the way that they play, insofar as they don't have a genuine replacement for him. They don't have a for a guy who can. They have a replacement everywhere else on the court. But Adekoy is different. He's played as much five as four. Mm. Then you're looking at Whelan, Jackson, who are the two and the three. So you have to move Jackson up to the four if you're going to play what even McKenzie and and Love together. And you can't do that for too long. So without loving, you know, and, and the game that he gives them, the spacing he gives them, the shooting he gives them, that you know, that's probably the same as London missing Sharma and Kufos, you know, really in relation to the comparable resources of the teams. Mm. But they found a way. Um, you know, they so, got a great game out of Walsh. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what, uh, Lon uh, London's last score of the first quarter and their first four scores of the second quarter were all three pointers. So they went 21 yeah. points ahead, 42-21. And with 4.21 to go, it's 47-31. 
And then Leicester scored the last 17 points of the first half to make it 47-48 at half time. Yeah, and, and well, kind of. I think that's, I think it was a little bit of discipline um, in relation to the, some of the calls that they were getting. Some of the guys were sitting on the bench as well. But Leicester picked the pace up and they got to the rim better. You know, and, and Leicester have this, you know, they have this stick to itiveness whereby they, they don't, they rarely, rarely get blown out. Happens once in a, once in a blue moon, generally in Scotland. Um, but um, they don't really get blown out. And I thought they really stuck to it well. And they got they got a game out of love. You know, they got love getting getting to the rim. Love's got this quickness, kind of a modern point guard insofar as um, he's all about quick moves, either quick moves to the rim or um, quick moves getting close enough to the rim to kind of kick it out to the shooters. He's not as flashy as Crandall. Mm. Relation to the way that Crandall was able to manipulate everybody anywhere he wants and basically he thought he could make any move or any pass he wanted. Love doesn't really look to hit the role, man. He doesn't so, so you're not saying much out of Nelson Henry and and, and and Menzies. But what Love does a really good job of is getting into the seams of the of the, the defense off the screen and hitting the wings and hitting the shooters. And that's and that's a good way of getting a lot of assists. And if you're getting assists which are worth three, mm. then you're a pretty valuable point guard. Yeah, yeah. Um so so that his I mean, they go as far as he takes them in the in the postseason, no mm. question. He plays well, and he's still flawed. He's still, he's still. Rob mentioned today, pre pre game, that his his conditioning's improved. When I say he's flawed, insofar as some of his decisions aren't great, and he was, and his shooting is, I don't think he can go under on him. But I think I would be maybe going under the first couple to wait and see, to see if he could make it. Um, but he's a he. So he kind of, I thought, kind of dragged them back a little bit. Mm. And then London just edged in front, second half lead sort of bounced around between two and seven points. Fouls we've already talked about were an issue. Zubchich got his fourth, a minute and 40 into the third quarter, only fouled out 421 to go. Um, so let's get to the end. Jackson with a steal and a run back makes it 82 78. And then uh, two minutes to go, Jackson swipes down at the ball, seemed to get the ball. Got yeah. called for his fifth, um, and he's out of the game. And best is at the line goes one for two, eighty three, seventy nine. Yeah, I thought that was a tough call. I think Zach Jackson thought that was a tough call too. To be credit, give him credit, he didn't get a technical on the way out. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, That's what I'm saying. this game, though, I didn't know what was a foul, what wasn't. A yeah, foul. yeah. It was, yeah, it, was yeah. A, it was kind of it was almost like the motions were being called, or the as opposed to the actual actions, mm. what we perceive you have done, as opposed to what you've actually done, was being called. Love to the basket. Nelson's fourth foul. Love makes two free throws, 83-81. And then Solowari misses a chippy. Love has the ball knocked away. It's end-line ball with three seconds on the shot clock. They get it in, but Adekoya turns it over. Other end of the floor, Herban gets in two minds as to whether to shoot or drive and ends up traveling with the the ball. Um, Timeout, no advance. Adekoya misses a three. It looks like that's probably it, but Mackenzie steals the ball, goes right to the rim, and doesn't get fouled. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor. That was it. That was a funny one. I wasn't sure about that one. I thought it, it was, was one of them where I thought, in the context of the game, I yeah. thought it was a foul. Yeah. But, but when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking he's actually done quite a good job pretty, to avoid. I he a pretty good job of verticality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and if there would have been 25 fouls in the game, I wouldn't have thought it was a foul. Yeah. That's right. But there's 50. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, I entirely agree with that. It's uh, yeah. 
So um, not that that should be a way of interpreting whether something is a foul or not. I think no, I think I think Taylor did enough to avoid yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, one thing we've seen about Taylor is he's really good at challenging people at the yeah, ring. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. challenging without fouling at the yeah, ring. You know, yeah. really smart. He's got a very smart vertical. He understands where the court is. He understands where he has to be. And um, I thought, yeah, I thought probably the wrong guy to take on because if that's another guy in the league, maybe they can just stand there and wave yeah. it off. Yeah, yeah. Tip him on the arm and you get the yeah. foul. Um, and you like Mackenzie being aggressive, but you know, there you go, there's a break. I don't, I don't think he has any other way, Mackenzie. Yeah. Uh, 12 seconds to go. Nelson is fouled, misses two free throws. There's a lane violation on, on yeah, the on second one, of them. Yeah. Um, but he misses the third one anyway. So well, I think uh, they got the offensive rebound, so they got lucky with last they got lucky with the lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. The offensive rebound. Yeah, and then he misses the third. Well, his head had gone. Nelson was one of six in this game, and you know you could see his his head was one of six free throws. Yeah, yeah, one of six free throws. Yeah, and and, and down the stretch, you know, and um, you know, I think the refing had got to him, and also probably the the level of intensity for a game whereby there was nothing on it for that team. That yeah, team, yeah, they can play a player's mind, you know. And the credit to London because they are they are playing these games to win. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have to because, to be honest, they haven't got any other players. All, all the young guys are injured, which actually yeah. makes a better team when they're playing. They're a proud group, and on top of that, they got six or seven games, so they can't mm. really just not just 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 rule really yeah, six yeah, games yeah, going yeah, yeah. the playoffs. It's not like there's two or three. And the other thing is that um, you know, in, in the past, when teams have have rested players and all that stuff and not really cared whether they won a lot. They'd be running BBR rosters all season, so they'd be yeah, running yeah. nine players, you know. Whereas London's been running sixteen all seasons, and mm. Decker's just had three weeks off, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before the, if everyone's had some time off during the season, most of them weren't main guys. So, but no, I mean they they are, and they pack the they pack the gym out. So if everyone's paying to get in there, they're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love rock and rolling. Got a layup up, three bounces on the rim. Those can fall in, they can fall out, and it fell out. Yeah, they can. I mean, it was just it was good pressure, good challenge. I thought at the rim, he didn't, he didn't quite get to probably the spot he wanted to. But he got it up on the rim, as you mm. say. Someone tips it in, maybe it happens. Just, just rolls out. At the end of the day, it's just, when was the last time Leicester got swept? Oh, I've not looked it up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, it'd be a while. A long time since yeah. he's beaten four, three, four. Times. I think did Worcester do it at at some point? Even Worcester when did Leicester... us when we win the league. Yeah, I thought we lost I... three games all season. Worcester beat us all three. All three. Yeah, that might be what you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, I'll look it up. Um, so only eighteen points. Nelson sixteen. Zubchich thirteen. There were nine of twenty-one from the free throw line. Oh, London no. yeah. twelve of twenty-seven from three. Maybe they should have just backed out. Um, Love seventeen points and six assists. Walsh, you mentioned he had a good game. Fourteen yeah. points and eight rebounds. Jackson thirteen and seven. Leicester conversely twenty-five of thirty from from the free throw line. That's yeah, it's six. a coming of it's a really coming of age game for a guy like Walsh because Walsh isn't young anymore. He's twenty-five. Mm. You know, so if you're 25 now, you need to be called, you want to be playing at that high level. You've got to be contributing in games. You can't just be the young guy who's playing at the end of the bench. So for him to come in and play with the confidence that he has, particularly in relation to his shooting, because mm. it, he was always a driver and a finisher, but the knock on him was whether he was going to knock down enough shots to make to, to kind of activate his drive. And to, him to do that against London, mm. and particularly when his team's down 20, mm. that's a character thing. So that's a real, you know, that's a real. Um, positive, positive thing for him in relation to where his career is going. Right, uh, let's go to Newcastle Eagles 71, Sheffield Sharks 82, Hamlet 14 minutes, 
Uh, your face says a lot there, Dave. Hamlet uh, back fourteen minutes. Mockford back five minutes. So 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 back, but not fully back. Um, uh, I've got here that Eagles uh, Eagles defense was suboptimal early on, and French got a couple of fouls as well. And actually, it was jo Johnson scoring just about kept them in touch. Well, at half time, Sheffield were twenty two of twenty seven from the field. Yeah. Two of those misses were, I think, two of the first three possessions when Cook couldn't score in the post on French. Yeah. So Sheffield stopped and he chucked up a couple of hoop shots, which missed. So Sheffield stopped throwing the ball in the post. And Newcastle's defense <laughs> and their, their, um, their connection to the game in the first yeah. quarter. In fact, at the, 40, the 12 minute mark, Sheffield yeah. had four. Yeah. Um, their transition defense, their connection to the game. That was a team which had just won a game. Mm. They'd beaten Surrey and Surrey. Do yeah. do? Well, yeah. They thought they were ready to play. They thought they, they thought that's great. We've beaten Surrey and Surrey. We're ready to go now. And I'm afraid, um, you know, Ubiaro came in the game and gave up a three to Rotini off a handoff, then threw yeah. the ball over on, the yeah. offensive re on a defensive <laughs> rebound, and then turned the ball over. And again, gave up a driving layup to Retino, and he was gone in two minutes. He wasn't ready to play. And he's a young, he's 25 as well. He has to be ready to play in those games. Didn't play any minutes today at Leicester because he didn't show up on Friday night mm. in relation to a scout report. This is the first quarter at home. You cannot play yeah. that quarter was, at home in the most young game. Really, you have to have a degree really. of urgency. And I'm afraid they are such a fickle team mm. in relation to where they can get to for periods of a game mm. as opposed to where they are for the parts of the game that matter. Yeah. Um, and I thought, and that's not to take anything away from Sheffield, but no professional team should be shooting um, 22 of 27 in the first half. I think they missed five shots, you know, 78% was the, was the stat. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the reality is, and, and it's... I'm sorry, no it, way. It, it, again, you take nothing away from Sheffield because well, basically what they, they had was do. they had layups and open threes, so... That's what they're meant to do, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was absolutely. literally and, and to the basket are, score. And they're a team who is so fundamentally sound at this point in time and so meticulous and methodical in what they do that it works both ways. If mm. you're not stopping them, they're going to kill you. Mm. But if you are stopping them, they are going to struggle because they, they they play a certain way and they are initiate their offense on generally on the left hand side of the court so you've got Nelson or Ramsey coming off from the left hand side of the court coming onto the right hand to a screen to the middle you've got the spacing there you've got Nichols flaring out you've got the little um, roll down into the post for Coke you can throw it in there if you've got nothing there and then you you're letting your guys create and it was almost and Newcastle played them what five times this year four times mm. this year and watch video of them, and it was, they were as, it was like they'd never seen them before. They didn't get back in transition. They were passive as heck. Um, French got a couple of cheap fouls. Gordon may as well have been, you know, I don't know what he was, I don't know where his head's, got, head's at. Um, Kennedy, the, Kennedy's starting instead of Hamlet because I think they want to get, because Kennedy can put some pressure on the ball defensively. So they're using him to guard the ball. They did it last Saturday as well. And I kind of understand that because neither Cohen nor Hamlet has shown much of a capability defensively to, to, to impact the game. So you put Kennedy on there, then, then it's a bit more length on the ball. But offensively, he, he, he's a disaster area, um, just absolute disaster area, not making decisions. And as you say, Kyle Johnson made a few plays early. Um, but Kyle Johnson's very much kind of give me the ball and I'll score. Mm. 
So you're not getting anything else, and they just don't move. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, you you we always talk. You know, it's it's like in football. You know, in football. You know, when a team is kind of draw, can't put the ball in the net, but they're creating loads of chances, you always hear the manager say, "Oh well." we've created nine chances mm. today. It's going to come, you know, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating mm. chances, right? But when the team is not creating chances, you don't hear the manager say, I'm really worried, mm. right? Well, the thing with Newcastle is... Well, that's because we haven't got a manager. We haven't got a manager at the minute, yeah, true. true. But basketball, uh, basketball-wise, everybody's always keen on saying, oh, this team likes to make the extra pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This team likes to move the ball. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. This team is full of good passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever says <laughs> this is a one-on-one team. <laughs> other than Cohen, no one wants to pass the basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no one says that. And, and the, the reality is that um, the, the first half performance, even even though they held Sheffield to ten in the kind of the last eight minutes, mm. and, and showed a little bit, the first for a team coming off coming in a must-win game at home in front of a full arena. Um, the first 12 minutes of execution, intensity, commitment, connection to the game was utterly unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Utterly unacceptable. And that is my rant on Newcastle, but that's not to say Sheffield didn't do what they meant to do. They did. I'll give Sheffield credit, but what I will say about Sheffield is the very fact that this was a five-point game with three minutes to go is my major concern for Sheffield. Yeah. Because this could have been a 30 or 40 point game. Yeah, yeah. You so know? My, my take and, on um, it, my take on it is it's a 13 2 run early in the third quarter that gets to the point you're talking about, 22 43. I thought in the second half. Second quarter. How was the second quarter? That was in the second quarter, yes. Yeah. I thought in the second half, whenever Newcastle got a little bit of momentum, Sheffield responded enough. To, to 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 keep it away. And it was only the last bit where you say it got a bit uh squeaky for them down to five with three to play, 71-76. Yeah, I did, I, yeah, I didn't actually think Newcastle were going to get back at that point. So mine I, I suppose well, neither did I, but the only reason I didn't think they were going to get back was not because of Sheffield, it was because of Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true. But, no, but, but my, Sheffield, if they come up against a team that's a little bit better with better than that, yeah, 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 you know, then, then, but, then that's but that, I that, kind of got the sense that they just they'd spent basically 20 minutes just being comfortable and yeah. and and therefore they weren't quite. Uh, whereas I don't think they will have the 20 minutes that preceded yeah. that against, yeah. I think you're right. In that, but here's else. the thing you know, I was, I was in the gym obviously, and Atiba wasn't mm. comfortable, no. No. Like, Atiba knew what was happening, right? He knew that the, the Newcastle were hanging around. And it happened with Newcastle when they played Leicester three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and exactly the same. They, they came out horrendously. In the, and then they came back. And again, Rob wasn't comfortable because even mm. when they're down 16 or 18 in that gym with a bit of momentum, the, the odd call goes against you. Suddenly it's a five-point game and you think, you, you, as a coach, you're on mm. edge. I don't think the players were on edge. I don't think the players had that no. kind of level of appropriate fear. But that's, that that can work both ways. That can be because we're really comfortable. We're going to win. We know we're going to win. So to yeah, yeah. you don't need it, and that's a good thing to have if you if you've got that level of confidence about yourself. But they were only a couple of players away, you know, from mm. you know that. But the reality, Newcastle's just 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 uh, to to be in as many close games as they have, and to still be so in a, in incapable of scoring. 
on kit of getting good shots, of knowing where your shots are coming from in crunch time, or of having one player on your team and says, look, this is, I got this, I got a move, this is my move, that's where I'm going to go. You could name every team in this league and you see who's got the ball when it matters. Mm. You know, whether it's going to be a love pick and roll, whether it's going to be Decker at the top, whether it's going to be in Fletcher's hands to find Dirk, you know, whether it's Al Durham at, at, at Caledonia, you know, you know who's got the ball in the hands. Mm. Now, when Newcastle, you could say it's Hamlet, but Hamlet wasn't hasn't played for three weeks, and Hamlet, mm. even at crunch time, has been his decision making hasn't been great. And and um, it, it's Hamlet for himself as well. That's Hamlet to score the ball, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. nobody else wants to shoot it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't but, see any. But all of those other. All of those other people that you talked about, you know what option two is. Yeah, and option three is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. And that's why, obviously, they, they brought a point guard in early in the season and they brought Cohen in to try and get, get Hamlet more into a scoring role, etc. Mm. Um, but, you know, Newcastle spent that sort of sport. I, I thought they spent the first three quarters not wanting to pass the ball to each other. And the fourth quarter, no one wanted to shoot. Mm. You know, and it's just it's just a... You know, I'm 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 kind of out on this a lot of this group now, and I think realistically, um, you know, since the last two months, what they've been doing is trying to figure out who's going to be coming back next year. If anyone, mm. I'm disappointed in some of the stuff that I've seen from some of the from the mindset, not necessarily the level of the talent levels or the ability or what they're doing, but the mindset of some of the players. Um, as um, I think really have something to be. Um, something to be desired, wished. yeah. Desired. Uh, so Sheffield scored the last six points of the game to make it comfortable. And it was never, there was never a doubt, yeah, 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 never a doubt. Johnson 26 points and eight uh rebounds, Cohen 14 points, five of seven shooting, seven assists, Gordon 10, uh, Ramsey 15, Cook 13 and 10, Nichols five of seven shooting as well, 13 points, 58 percent. They you know, it, would be really it would be really interesting. I don't know the answer. It would be really interesting to see Cohen playing with a couple of wings who were scorers. Mm. Playing with a... Well, with Whelan and Jackson. Whelan and Jackson or something like that. I'm not saying that... You know, I'm not sure defensively he would, he would stack up on the ball because, you know, Ramsey's able to score on them, yeah. But, you know, his, his percentage numbers are good. He doesn't shoot the ball that much. His assist-to-turnover mm. ratio is very good. But you know, ultimately, if you haven't got people who are going to put the ball in the basket, he's not—he's not going to be Marcus Evans. He's not going to take the ball. Mm. You know, he's not going to get the ball in crunch time and go and score on a guy or, or do a slow. And that's not him. And I just think um, that, that, that that one American that they're missing, kind of that, because they've already got the four because they've cut so many. You know, if they had that that Jackson or, um, for instance, uh, even a Macy or Jack or someone like that, that kind of athletic extra scoring body, then I think that they, they may have won a lot more games. But, mm. you know, that doesn't matter, does it? Mm. You know there. Caledonia Gladiators 90, Bristol Flyers 82. No Tape, no uh, Jelani Watson-Gale for the Flyers. 9-0 run by the Gladiators early on, 14-8 in front. Then Malcolm and Am won five points for Bunyan. They were, they were 14 up in the second quarter. Yeah, I've seen this game a lot in Glasgow. Mm. You know, yeah. they kind of get out early and then they play competently and they knock down enough shots and they're confident in that gym. Mm. Um, I think Bristol missed Watson Gale a lot more than Caledonia missed Tape because yeah. Caledonia Valley Hodzic. And Watson Gale really is irreplaceable for Bristol. He's actually become their crunch time guy. Mm. And what we saw was the only time I thought there was much jeopardy in this game was Kind of halfway through the third quarter, Miller got going. Miller, yeah, fifty-four, fifty-two. 
Yeah, and as he got going, I was thinking this could be one of those games because Miller has these games where Miller's one of these kind of shape-shifting players. He tends to play up to whatever the team needs of him. So there's times he's anonymous in games. His numbers this season aren't that great. But there are also times, and it happened in the playoff quarterfinal last year, where mm. he, against Manchester, where he can literally take over. And you can see the confidence in him. And he's one of these guys who can get whatever shot he wants. Uh, you know, he scored at three levels. So I was thinking, well, maybe the you know Miller's just going to lift them into this, but um, they, they never really got close, um, and they just don't shoot the ball well enough on the road without they don't shoot the ball well enough full stop, but without Watson Gale in particular, um, I didn't think that you know I watched it back, but I didn't think that they would I didn't ever think they were going to win the game. Uh, well, that was 54-52. Ali Hotic and Sloan pushed it back out to 78-69 in the yeah. uh, fourth quarter. King went down in the with 3.32 to go. There was no obvious reason. It might have been cramped, but it didn't mm-hmm. look great, whatever it was. It didn't. That was that was a kind of a heart-and-mouth kind of moment as well. Mm. Um, and then Olison made some plays at the end. He got he had a three to make it a four point game. Then he then he scored in transition to make it a three point game. But every time they scored, Caledonia replied at the other end. And, yeah, no, actually, just going back, that's kind of the, the type of mental acuity that I was talking about with Newcastle. Newcastle don't have mm. but that's somebody to step up and knock down a shot when they need to shoot when they need to make a play, particularly guards. Uh, and Olsen did that. I think he, mm. he he put he put up a three off the dribbling. He put up another one as well, mm. and they just couldn't get enough stops. And and you know, Caledonia's rotation is is interesting, but you know, at the end of the day, the ball's going to be in Durham and Sloan's hands. Durham mm. and Sloan don't play together that much during the game, but they're generally playing together at the end. Mm. And. Um, Durham is a Durham is a guy I like a lot, mm. um, because of his poise at the end, and and, and his the game slows down for him, um, and he can finish. He can play fast, but the game slows down for him, and that that's gonna I think that's gonna help them, um, down the down the line, but yeah, Bristol. My 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 takeaway from this game really wasn't that much. Really, it was that you know Bristol have had a hell of a season. They're gonna finish second or third. Um, everybody loses in Glasgow. Um, basically, unless uh, who who has won in Glasgow? London have won once mm. when when they tried to, and um, that's it. And Bristol were missing the guy who really takes them from a seventy-five point a game, eighty point a game team to a to a ninety plus. Mm. You know, um, so yeah, a good win in Scotland for a Scottish team for Glasgow. Mm. Uh, I like Fraser Martin's playing great as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, playing great both both ways. Ali Hodzic, nine of 13, 18 points, 12 rebounds, Sloan 16, Bailey 15, Miller 21, Bell 13, 18, and Ollison 13. So let's go to yesterday. Surrey Scorchers 87, Plymouth City Patriots 89. No wang for um, uh, Surrey. Uh, Hawthorne was pumped up to play his old team, maybe a little too much so, but he scored the first seven points. Of the game as uh, as oh, Plymouth fun, went, isn't it? I never, got it. I never understood right. it. Wow, he's playing his old team day. So what, Fab? He's playing his old team. He's gonna play well. Mm. Why did he play like that every week? Mm. You know uh, that, that doesn't come, does not come here. Don't, I don't work like that. Well, it does. <laughs> but it should. You know. Um, so and he wasn't the only one this this weekend as well. There's a couple more, I think. Um, 
Well, there's that. a couple more in this game, to be honest this, with you. Yeah, yeah. Dusha and uh, Hassan both played. Dusha, that's so, right. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, so yes. Yeah, so, but yeah. he 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 let it affect him a little bit too because he got he some, did he did he, he was a bit yeah, 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 yeah a bit hyped all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he's um um so Surya without Wang and oh people saying oh fantastic Wang's been I look. We're three and twenty-eight, and no one's yeah, been yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you know, yeah. Wang. I looked at Wang is a young player, um, who's had a lot of responsibility this year, probably more than he needs. He's been the first option on the team, whereby he probably should have been the third or the fourth option. Mm. His numbers are shooting numbers are like forty-two percent, twenty-eight percent. So you know he's struggled, and he's not, you know, and um, and then you look at the rest of the guy. You know, they've mm. still got a bench which is deeper than most. Most yeah, bigger. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of dudes sat on there. Some of them, a lot of dudes sat there, and none of them contributing. You know, and, yeah, and this yeah. is the you know this is none of them contributing sufficiently. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so sorry, reeled them back in with threes from Dobbs, Lawrence, McFoley, and Steele. Ah, Dobbs. Dobbs, 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 Dobbs. There we go. And he goes with 20. Yeah. Ryan Martin comes in, jacks up three threes and miss, you know, misses them. Yeah. Um, sits down. Charles and Dobbs comes in and, he, and he's, he's, he's knocking shots down all over the court. Where's yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Dobbs, re- Dobbs rejuvenation to a start here. So th- so, they, so they're up 42-29, but then Basaint hit a couple of threes. Hassan inside, 10-0 run. It's 42-39 just before halftime. And then... Into the second half, Gadsden pushed Plymouth seven up. Dobbs uh, getting them back in front, and it was going to be another one that comes down. They, I tell you what, they don't see many wins, the uh, fans at Surrey Sports Park, but boy, they get entertainment every week. They they seem to be involved in all of these close games. Unfortunately sure for them, the home team I loses. Say, I would say they get a spectacle. I wouldn't say yeah, it was a spectacle. Yeah, spectacle. Yeah, um, look, the fundamental difference in this game was that. Um, um, in Rashad Hassan, Plymouth had a guy who they could get the ball to mm. and um, who would score the ball inside regularly and who they were focused on getting the ball to. And Surrey did a frankly awful job. Oh, let's let's, let's get to the end. Back. Come on, let's get to the chaos. I had to watch this back oh. because I was watching it live and I was trying to take notes and I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, ha- what? Hey. <laughs> And I had to watch it back. I'm pausing. Oh, hang on a minute. What did he just do? There was just, some just before chaos. you get to that, just before you get to the end, there's a point in the middle of the third quarter where I'm standing, staring at the screen, and Ty Gadsden is shooting a foul shot. And Guilford, I'm sorry, sorry, I have two guys lined up, and no, and the third guy is McFolly, who stood outside the three-point line. He's the only other guy on the screen. And obviously Gadsden misses it, and it goes right to where the guy who will be boxing out Gadsden should have been, which is McFolly. Gadsden gets his rebound, lays it in two points, and McFoley takes a step inside the three-point, and he's like, hmm, whatever. Nobody on the Surrey bench moves a muscle. Um, I would have been absolutely apoplectic. Mm. You know, mm. that, that is as fundamentally a, a basis of any any basketball game when you're locked in. is that like you have three guys on the line because you're allowed mm. to have three guys on mm. the line mm. to stop that stuff happening. I just thought there was a... I thought Surrey's, from what I saw on the telly, and it's a bit unfair because I'm not in the gym, so I don't know. So you don't see everything else that's going on. You don't see the stuff going on off the ball when the camera's at the other end, etc. But I thought Surrey's bench just reeked of defeatism. And the one thing I'll say about Newcastle is they haven't quite got to that point yet. You know, but I just mm. thought, Surrey just, I thought, you know, it just, there was a time you, you scan on the bench and there's, there's somebody looking depressed and somebody having a smile and, you know, it just, 
you know, no one's on, and Lloyd's not standing up there saying, you know, get in there and rebound that foul shot. Mm. You know, or you know, it's just the, the little details, being across the little details. Um and then we get to the end, yeah. Yeah, so it's a one point game, two minutes to go. Uh Dobbs misses a three, steal with an offensive rebound, but then it's turned over the same with the steal out on the break. He's fouled by Lawrence. 151 to go, misses two free throws. So it's 82-83 still. Uh on this on the second one, it's absolute chaos. Absolute chaos going for the rebound. Somehow Plymouth end up with the ball. But Saint yeah. misses a three. More chaos on the rebound ball. Yeah. People jumping up, falling out of bounds, throwing it back, doing all sorts yeah. of weird, weird stuff. But this time Surrey comes up with the ball. Uh Lawrence drives and misses. Plymouth have a three-on-one fast break and mess it up. Uh, yeah. I think it was Doucher as well, somebody that you would normally expect to yeah. find find the right pass. Well, sometimes uh, it's the lanes that the guys run that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's, you're not running the right lanes, it can be difficult to find the right pass. Yeah. Get the ball, uh, they almost turn it over. Uh, it's a sideline ball for Plymouth. They almost turn it over in the inbound. It gets knocked into the backcourt. And then they do yeah. turn it over on a pass. McFoley with not a very good shot in transition, but I suppose those are the ones that he we've seen him knock down, but it's still to me not a good good shot. Um a minute to go, it's still only a one point game. Uh 50.5 seconds to go. Uh McFoley, what is that foul? What is he doing? I I just I have no idea what, what that foul was. Well, I'm saying this is kind of the, the mental disintegration of a team. And you know the dynamic around the team, the dynamic around there's so many players, particularly when you've got eleven or twelve of them sat there, of a team that is losing, 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 and has nothing to play for, but it's got a big crowd in there, and, and is kind of making all the noises about wanting to win, and has the talent to win, mm. right? So you're not a team, as you say, you're not a team getting blown up by twenty, whereby, you know, we just sit there, and I just didn't see the, um. The mentality from any of the Surrey players. I'm not having it. You know, I'm I'm not having Andrew Lawrence um not having the basketball at the end. If he wants, you know, if that's if he says he's the player, he's the player. I'm not having um, you know, Teo's the vet. I expect Teo to, to to be able to step up there, I think if he's in the game at the end, to be fair. Um, to step up there and for somebody to make a play and say, No, give me the basketball. Mm. I'm gonna take charge. Um, there didn't appear to be anything in the way of direction in relation to who that was going to be. It's been a bit hit and miss all season when it's they've had Quincy Taylor, they've had Lawrence in and out. They've obviously they're given the ball to Wang a lot now. Matt Folly's come in, but ultimately, you know, you know, their crunch time execution is mm. on a par with Newcastle. But, but his foul oh. is the, the 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 I can't remember. Oh, he's Gadsden. He fouled. He's going back towards the halfway line. There's 50 seconds to go. They're probably halfway through the shot clock or something. It's a one-point yeah. game. What are you fouling for? You're on team fouls. There's no... Oh, it's an appalling foul. But yeah. what I'm saying is, that's, that, that, what fits into that is McFoley not rebounding that foul shot. Yeah. McFoley not being held accountable for all that stuff. Yeah, McFoley yeah, yeah. not being held accountable for another shot. You know, it, it it's it's like a, a snowball. It trickles down and it builds yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Players, players make... You know, the, the mistakes become... become um Um... Compound, you compound yeah, it. Yeah. And actually, yeah. just going back a game, um, it's not as bad as Oni's fifth foul against Leicester, which was utterly, utterly despicable. You know, if you remember, he reached in, he reached in on um, the ball about um, on the halfway, basically on the halfway line with about seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, so players do funny things when their heads aren't right. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? it, it was about four, five minutes ago. I four think. minutes but, ago, yes, it was I remember, ridiculous yeah. foul. Just um, so Gadsden makes two free throws, eighty-four, eighty-seven. Steele gets into the key, nice little up and under. Thirty-two seconds to go, eighty-four, eighty-five. Nice move. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a nice yeah. move that. Yeah. Um, so this is right in your your wheelhouse for playing defense, Dave. Thirty-two seconds. That's Absolutely. your eight-second rule. So yeah. um, that's what they uh, do. But then they forgot the playing defense bit of it because Dusha gets a wide open, easy elbow jumper with twelve and a half seconds to go. Well, he, to be fair, obviously, kind of melted the clock and he came off his screen. He hasn't really shot that shot much all season. That that kind of pull up fifteen footer. He's been shot a lot of threes. He's, Kenny likes to penetrate. He doesn't generally become the scorer in that situation. But going to his left, that's that's the play he's going to make. He's going to step mm. back, and he didn't stay connected enough. And you're right; it was a far too far too easy a shot mm. with 12 seconds to go, and he knocked it down. Credit to him. 84-87. Timeout. No advance of the ball. 12 bizarre. and a half seconds to go. Well, that was bizarre. Um, and you know, I, the reason I thought it was bizarre is you're down three, but you're in the you're in the region of a quick two. Yeah. You know, so if you can get the ball inside and attack, you get the ball in court and in the opposition half and attack off one bounce, you maybe score in three seconds and the game, yeah. then the game. And the other thing is they're they're over the limit, so they might foul. They might yeah. foul you to stop you shooting yeah. the three. And as then, well. um, and, but to, but by not doing that, and particularly when the guy you're giving the ball to is Andrew Lawrence, who isn't mm. swift of foot, so he's going to be taking probably four, five, six seconds to get the ball over half court. Mm. Um, so you're going to be down to six or seven seconds, which means that you're down then to shooting a three. So I can only assume they had some player lined up for for someone to come off a screen for Lawrence mm. to hit them and get a three. But you know that's if you look at all in the history of sport, you look at most of the most of the sport, or certainly in the BBL, most of the players that end up with threes in um, crunch time are broken players yeah. or, or transition yeah. off fast breaks. You don't get them going off the full. You don't get them off a full court inbound when the defense is ready. Do you know what I mean? Although Steele hit one earlier this a few. He did, months which is all the more reason so, why yeah. you wouldn't run the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. Steele hit the one, but Steele hit the one from the um, front court. Yeah, front court. Yeah, so yeah, about, yeah you yeah. don't get them from the. You, you don't, don't get them from the from the back court. Yeah, from the back court because yeah, yeah. there's so much things, so many things that the opposition can do to do it. Yeah. So I don't understand that. I don't know why. He did but then that. I didn't quite understand what the opposition did because I didn't see it at first because there was a foul called off the ball. Now fortunately, because they were on the camera on the baseline, you could see it in the background. Yeah. Um. But a, what is he doing? What is he doing? And b, he's. Very lucky because that was that was a second or so away from being the 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 infamous uh, ball not inbounded in the last two minutes foul and that would have been uh, a free throw and they get the ball back and they could have well, been how, down two. How is it not an unsportsmanlike foul? Well, you tell I, me that. Well, there's it, no play on the ball because the ball no. is not within thirty feet. Um, it looked like a pretty gratuitous grab from where I yeah. was. Um, but 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 then I suppose the pushback on that is any sort of holding off the ball isn't called an unsportsmanlike, is it? Right, it's an open court, though. Yeah, I get no. that. I get that. Um, but there's a, you know, there's, there's a hold off the ball where you put your hand, you know, in the half court where you put your hands on somebody. Yeah. That we went through a time whereby any grabbing of the shirt, however minor, would be yeah, an unsportsmanlike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my now, take. I didn't on... just see that as an impediment yeah. to progress. What I saw was it was off camera. It was it was it was on the replay. Yeah. I saw a body flying around. Yeah. You, know, you know, I'm 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 skeptical as to um 
but we don't know. I don't know what an unsportsmanlike foul is. It's a guess, guessing game. So, yeah. my um, my my reading of it, I didn't see it first of all. But when yeah. I when I when I saw it back, I thought it's probably not an unsportsmanlike. But I wouldn't want to be that person making that decision, taking that risk because it could easily be called an unsportsmanlike foul for all the reasons that you've just. I mean, it's not. And there's not, it's not even any need to deny the inbound. No. You're Three, yeah, exactly. It's just nuts. And and the ball wasn't even going to the person to that he was guarding. It was like it, it didn't had, even. It, it was quite it clear been, it was going to Lawrence. And if it had been, he'd been running back down the other wrong yeah. way. So yeah, no yeah. risk, no threat. It was yeah. just nuts. a bonkers foul. Yeah. Um, so eleven point six seconds to go, and then uh, I again this this whole last two minutes just blew my mind. Um, mm. I don't know where Steele was. I don't know how he thought he was going to get that pass past the two defenders he was trying to get it past. It was the inbound from, and then Dusha gets the steal, and then he misses the layup. He misses the layup, but Hawthorne dunks it in. Well, here's the thing: McFoley doesn't get open. No. No, this is what I'm talking about with McFoley. The whole kind of the whole second half. Like, where is his head at? Now they hadn't been trying to throw him the ball. On the, on the initial inbounds. So why isn't Lawrence going across there to get the ball on the second inbounds? They haven't had time to call anything else. Mm. Right? So you And see they haven't the, shown the play. Nobody knows shown what the, the play, play is. is. So, oh, yeah. you know, so, and it's still 11 seconds. So now suddenly McFoley kind of half fakes back, but doesn't go and get the basketball. It's 11 seconds to go. All he's got to do is do what we see 100 times a game. Get the ball, get your hand up there, get the offhand in, hit the offhand, dribble the basketball at the court. But he does the old boom boom for steel and tries to lead steel to throw it ahead of him. And and um obviously the, the Plymouth and uh, LVC is far too sharp for that. Mm. And um so I put it on McFoley. I mean, mm. where's Steele meant to throw yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought I thought Steel could have waited a little longer. Maybe I didn't think he could, had to throw it at that at that moment in time. If that thing. was if that was four and a half seconds, then he has yeah, to yeah. throw that pass. But I didn't I thought they had a bit more time. But then that's my that's my question. Where's Lawrence? Yeah. You know, Lawrence should be coming around to get the basketball. If McFoy's not getting him, Lawrence should be getting the basketball. Mm. You know, there's a, there's been an enormous amount of, um, from what I can see, and this is an opinion, um, and it's, it's therefore to be taken with the grain of salt that everybody's created, everybody mm. takes all this stuff. But there has been, you know, the two bottom teams in the league this year, there has been an enormous avoidance of responsibility from key members of teams mm. at, that, at, at various points in the game. Mm. And the difference between winning and losing is that. Mm. You know, and obviously with with um, with Surrey, you know, one of your guards has to get the basketball. You know, you know that, that's it. Bottom line, and, and to be honest, even on the first inbound, Lawrence Nelly didn't get the ball because mm. it was kind of a, you know they were reaching to get it. Um, with Newcastle, somebody had to step up and score the ball. You know, it, it couldn't always be the point guard. Mm. It's, it's everybody apart from the point guard with Newcastle. With Surrey, it's it's everybody, mm. and. Um, I don't know how you coach that. I don't know how you coach people out of that. You know, you've, obviously with Lloyd, he's changed, he's changed bodies. He's had different players. Um, but sorry, you've lost far too much. Sorry, you've actually had more bad losses, actually more bad losses in Newcastle. Mm. Um, insofar as, you know, games that they should never have lost. They should never yeah, have lost. Yeah. The game. They should never have lost last week's game. Uh, and um, Manchester... You know, that Manchester, yeah, there, there is a, just a stench of. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't accept that a team with the amount of British players. Look at the British players; they've got that, that, mm. that team. 
They, and they're not all be healthy, I get that. Josh Steele, Teo, Ogan Denby, Boban, Jack Domi, um, Andrew Lawrence, Andrew Lawrence um, Luke Bazumbu obviously has been around a little. He's a rookie, so you give him a little bit of um, space. Kyle Carey, right? These are all players who are rotation players in BBL teams before this season. We've all shown the capability to positively impact BBL teams and win games, right? Then you add the Americans around that. And you're telling me that that team wins three games all season? Mm, mm, mm. I mean, this is some, that is, you're, you're getting into um, systematic um, problems. And this is the, the battle that both Surrey and, again, Newcastle are going to have next year out of two, you know, with Surrey, it's been probably four or five years, but Newcastle has been two years of simply not winning anything like enough games. Mm. You know, and uh, but, but you know, I can just about rationalise 8 and 23 with a new coach. I cannot yeah. rationalise 3 and 29. Mm. You know? So there we go. Good win for Plymouth. Good um, win for Plymouth. There was a three on the buzzer, which made it a two-point game. Yeah, so, Gadsden yeah. got some minutes at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Plymouth, I thought they played a little bit smarter, but the bit, bottom line was that they, they, they do share Hassan thing. You know, they got Hassan who can, they know how to get in the ball. And one thing Rashad Hassan is really good at is, is beating bad teams. Mm. You know, he's a bit undersized when yeah. he comes up against the, 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 the depth of the other teams, but because he plays at the five, um, if there's a team isn't guarding him or they're not there together, you can, you know you give him the ball in anywhere in the paint, he will score. Mm. And obviously, Dusha is very good at doing that. And it continues to befuddle me and blow my mind that teams do not send immediate double teams at Rashad Hassan every time he touches the basketball mm. or passer. Mm. I just don't get it, you know, because you know he'd live with because he's going to score. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Historically, he's going to score. He's yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's going to score at sixty-four percent as well. Exactly. Uh, so Dobbs, 18 points, four of eight from three-point range and six rebounds. Uh, McFarley, 18 points, five assists. Lawrence, 15 points, six assists. Hassan, 12 of 16 shooting. Uh, so it's slightly more than his uh, average. Uh, 28 uh, points and eight rebounds. Passant with 18 and eight. And Gadsden, 18 points as well. We've only just got to Sunday. I know it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, it's a three-parter, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the caveat to this is obviously I was doing Leicester against Newcastle, yeah, so I've good. seen some of, but not all of, the that's other three fine. games. Most, I've seen every play, so I'm all right. So Plymouth City Patriots eighty, Caledonia Gladiators eighty-five. No Gadsden in this one, I believe, and Tape was missing. Uh, yeah, seven no Gadsden and, and Brandon got hurt. Um, oh, I missed that bit. Brandon didn't play the second half anyway. And I think the guys in the commentary said that he wasn't there, wasn't 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 playing. And Hawthorne got hurt as well at the end of the game, which is actually going to look pretty bad. So Plymouth, you know, Plymouth had a lot of minutes for Lanny Cook in mm. and um Peter. Your your boy. Oh, uh, Yeah, Ayakapo. And um, I thought Plymouth actually really kind of stuck at it really well in this game. Yeah. Um, but um, Caledonia apparently came down on the bus, someone said, on, on the commentary. Um, so obviously the marginal gains from the owner's interview with Hoops Fix haven't quite kicked in yet. Well, they have their own chef on the bus, so they're not going to Yeah, maybe they're not chef on the bus. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're not going to get you're not going to get quality haggis south of Bristol. No, you're not. No. Um, I'm not so... sure you get 
Sloane or, or um, Durham to eat quality haggis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, seven, seven in sorry, a row. Sorry, hat on and go, yeah, yeah, will yeah. you? Get any, more yeah. stereo, any more jock stereotypes? Seven um, in a row for the Pats. I then 15 7 in. Glad's with an 8 0 run to tie at 15. And, and I actually did have this on streaming during yeah. during commentary because I felt those Newcastle fans at home would want to know what was going on in that game. And and for large chunks of it, positive things were going on as far as Newcastle yeah, were Caledonia concerned. Actually, it was quite tight until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't think Caledonia were really. Um, you know they were very offensively they were pretty slack early on. Um, Jeremiah Bailey went back to being Magic Johnson again. Mm. That doesn't work. Gareth's already told him that. So mm. you know, the first three or four possessions of the game is behind his back and is over mm. his head and all this stuff. And um, and they were pretty. You know, it looked like a team that travelled five hundred miles for a game that really isn't that important mm. to them. Now um, they'll travel five hundred more. Exactly. <laughs> <now they're trouble. laughs> Love it. It actually is about 500 miles as it well. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I, I did it. I did a, a weekend where I was in Plymouth on Friday, Leicester on Saturday, and Glasgow on Sunday. thousand miles it took me for the weekend. Yeah, that's not great. I can, mm. I can, I can feel your pain on that one. Mm. Um, so they were, and on top of that, you know, the um, Gareth's rotation is really interesting. I'm still... Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the ration, the logic behind it, but he doesn't, you know, Durham was the, like the third guy off the bench. Durham was the eighth man in this game. Bunyan came on before Durham. Um, and I'm like, Durham's really good. Mm. <laughs> When's he going to come in the game? And um, and I thought they they, they they struggled a little bit, um, as I say, with their, with their shooting. And Plymouth has, Plymouth's a tough place to play. It always has been a tough place to play. They play hard in the gym. The gym is unusual in its dimensions. It's unusual. The floor is hard. Which isn't the sprung wooden floor, it's the only place in the league that isn't. The lights are off in the crowd. The whole thing is a bit um it can be a little bit disorientating when you when you're right at the far end of the M38, I think, or whatever it is. Um is it some of the A38. M5 to the A38. Yeah, yeah. So you know it can it can really take a while and, and it's not an easy to make shots in. What Plymouth, as I say, they really struggled with was one without Gadsden. That, that that's a, a a creative offensive player which they, they don't have. Then um Brandon knocked down three threes in the first half and then he mm. he was in the second half. And um they're quite new, you know, so um without Gadsden you're relying on Lani Pukin, you're relying on Ayaka before, you're relying on Basante. And um they're not necessarily guys who are creative players and Plymouth's offense basically dried up in the fourth quarter. Whereas Glas Caledonia had Sloan and in, in, in Durham, who were again playing together at the end, mm. and Fraser Martin making plays. Ali yeah. Hodzic and Durham both had and ones, five points from Onwas. It went from 67-66 uh, with 6.28 to go to 69-77 with 2.51 to go, and that was... Yeah, Ali Hodzic got a daft technical. You know, you, you know, I know he got, you know, we were talking, he got thrown out at Leicester, uh, you know, a bit, maybe a little bit unfortunate because one of his players was knocking the ball away. But um, you know, he he didn't get a call on a on a play, and he just literally stared down the ref and shouted at the baseline ref. You know, in in a you know in a clearly, you know, aggressive manner. He kind of do that. Mm. You know, he get he's, I think he got that was his third foul, or he got a third foul soon after. He's gonna have to temper that. Mm. You know, he, he, you know, we saw we saw it subsequently with Oni in the London game as well. 
you know, the one thing you cannot do is to stare down refs after they don't make a call. Mm. You, know, you can mutter under your breath, you might even say something as you're running back, but you cannot stare them down in any form of aggressive manner. And then he did that. Uh, Hassan, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Dangakoda, 16 points, 6 assists, percent 15. Durham, 7 of 11, 24 points in 23 minutes. That's what um, I mean. I think I might want to be getting his numbers up to 32 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not for me to tell Gareth what to do. He called the play. He won the cup final. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at Aljami Durham. I'm thinking 23 minutes is probably a few shorter than I might want him to be playing in games that really matter. Uh, Ali Hodzic, 15-11. Sloan, 14. Leicester Riders, 87. Newcastle Eagles, 78. Still no loving for uh Leicester Riders missing shots early. Newcastle jumped out to a to a 10-2 lead and Hamlet and Cohen hitting threes by the early stages of the second quarter it was 25-11 to the Eagles. Yeah, Leicester weren't really ready to play, I don't think. Obviously, they had again booming in instead of loving really does change things for them. And um I didn't think Newcastle's defense early on was great, but um Leicester missed missed shots. You know, they were one they for played, one for eight in the first. Yeah, and they played, I mean, the, the defense wasn't bad, and certainly it was more focused, and, and Newcastle were more focused on what they were doing, um, which is frustrating given the way they turned out on Friday mm. in the first quarter. Um, but I thought Leicester were really pretty, um, pretty more disinterested. That's a that's not the right word. Of course, they're interested, but just without any. Real focus in in their game, as I say, without without the kind of loving of the spring to to to, to knock down open shots and provide that spacing, it's a bit harder. Again, South Newcastle were quite motivated. Um, again, Cone played well. I thought he made some shots, um, and and was able to get the ball. People haven't that came off the bench, and um, and I don't think that I can't I can't say how that can be sustained because Kennedy, Kennedy started again for defensive purposes. I think, um, Hamlet came off the bench and. And was able they were able to score just enough Newcastle to keep to keep things going. Mm. Um, but defensively they weren't great. And I thought, you know, Gordon's defense on Jackson was pretty awful, to mm. be honest. Mm. Uh, that was ultimately what got Leicester ticking. And once Leicester got ticking, you just couldn't see Newcastle scoring enough um to stay with them. Well, Menzies got it back a bit. Leicester still needed threes from Jackson and Bowman in the last couple of minutes to make it 39-49, the last of which was Jackson basically on the buzzer. And then Jackson did that the was same. After, yeah, that was after uh, that was after Hamlet turned the ball over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It Hamlet should have been a 15-point lead and it was 10. It could have been 15, but it yeah. was 10. Yeah, that matters yeah. after the first five minutes of the second half. It, it matters when Leicester... Jackson hits a three at the start of the second half, 15-2 run, love scoring as well. They've got their first lead, 54-51. Well, there's two things about that. I mean, the first thing was I was surprised Hamlet didn't start the second half, mm. you know, because um, you have to win every minute to win in Leicester. You know, the moment that they get you there, their nose in front, they ain't, they ain't losing, particularly if you're they're a winning team and you're a losing team. And the second thing was I thought Mark should have caught a timeout a lot earlier. Um, I don't think 15 2 is, you know, you've just basically done away with all the hard work you put in in the first half in five minutes without your without your league leading scorer on the court, mm. you know. And for me, 6 0 was it. Mm. You know, once it got to 6 0, it's like this this ain't working, this line ain't working. I mean, they ended up in this game with Kennedy and, and Kyle Johnson combining for two of 23 mm. <laughs> in 52 minutes. Mm. Now you're not going to win mm. if you, you know. And I thought, um, I understand. 
kind of why they've been playing with that unit and they're kind of comfortable with that unit. But you know, you've got a 20 point a game scorer in there, and you can and you have to take him flaws and all flaws and all. I get that. Mm. Um but um, you know, the, the key thing for Newcastle in that game was not giving up that lead. Yeah. It was kind of maybe bending but not breaking. Yeah, yeah. I thought they broke they didn't they didn't break to a point where you thought they've got no chance. But once Leicester made that 15 2 uninterrupted run and Newcastle scored two points in the first five minutes of the third quarter, the whole um, pendulum of the game swung and yeah. the, the, the comfort level of Leicester was such that you knew that they believed they were going to win. And you yeah. know that Newcastle, who are teams horrendously devoid of self-belief um, in relation to winning close games, that they didn't think they could. That was the impression I got. Hamlet was seven in a row around the fourth quarter break, put the Eagles back in front 60-64, but then five points from Walsh and a three from Whelan, and they were out to 74-66 with, with, with five to play. Yeah, I mean, Walsh got that three off. Mockford Mock helped down when she shouldn't have. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm afraid. If you're not helping us win, you're helping us lose, you know? And I'm afraid what they got from um, Mockford, Kyle Johnston, Jamal Kennedy helped them lose that game. You know, they shot three of 25 or three of 26 between them. Now, people say, oh, the guard's not doing this, or the centre can't do that. If you're a point guard and your wings are shooting three of 26. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and you've got and you've got twenty and seven, mm. right? It's not on you. If you're a two guard whose job is to score, and you're coming off the bench and you're dropping twenty three points in twenty two minutes, mm. not on you, right? Now I get that. You know, ultimately Kennedy and Johnson are thirty three year old, and you know Johnson played really scored scored the ball really well, eleven and seventeen on Friday night. Um, but it's that kind of um whack-a-mole stuff going on whereby one guy does the yeah, right yeah, yeah. Can't do. you don't get they're not getting a game from everybody at the same time and um the final thing is gordon again gordon disappeared in this game mm. you had to you know you know you knew darius didn't make many shots or he knocked down his foul shots but you knew he was on the court yeah yeah you know you know he was on the court and not just because of his big did did you register justin gordon in that game well only that i Got him on three fouls thirty seconds before he committed. Well, he did. He got an arm. You know, you know, yeah. what I mean? you know, you know, he, you know, that that can't happen when Mark Loving's not playing. Mm. You know, if he's a god, if he's having to guard Zach Jackson, then you know Zach Jackson can't go for twenty-seven on open mm. shots. Um. So, you know, they, 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 they yeah, they're, they're waiting for the season to end. The whole playoff thing, I'm not particularly fussed about because it's just, it's just an opportunity to lose to London, and I don't mm. think, just, you know, it. it it would be, it would be, I think, it would certainly be very a, a failure for them to not make the playoffs, absolutely. Um, but the die, I think, is cast in relation yeah, to the group that yeah. they've got. So you, you can you can only turn so much um, water into wine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and three of 26 from your wings, your British wings, your British core, Three of twenty-six in a game at Leicester. You know, if they make ten and twenty-six, that's a real game. Mm. Kennedy's yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over eight. You know, Johnson's two of fifteen. I mean, you know, a lot of them are lips. You can't. That just can't happen. You know. Mm. Um, Leicester. Oh, love did love again. Got the shots he wanted, mm. but Jackson led them back. Uh, yeah. I think Jackson probably got a bit, a bit uppity having been, you know, got that crack on the back of the neck, mm. and 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 basically he showed that what I was talking about with. Some of the other guys and the other teams, you that sorry, Newcastle thing, you have to have that orneriness, mm. 
that kind of toughness isn't about looking tough and, and flexing. Toughness is about you know saying, oh, I'm not losing this game." And uh, me and Hamlet came back, made a couple of plays, but you never got the impression that they were going to be sufficient. He, he got six in a row going to the rim, either scoring yeah. or at the foul line. 70, 74, 72 with three to play, but Leicester got the next 10 points of the game to finish it off. Yeah, Newcastle, you know, I'd say that the crunch time offense was slightly better as far as Hamlet can score. Mm. It was basically giving the ball and nobody else was... It was, was Hamlet there. against Leicester, wasn't it? It was Hamlet against Leicester and, you know, and... and and it's like, well, you know, Gordon should be on the court at that point, but Mark can't put him on the court because he hasn't been ready to play. Um, you know, the um, Mockford, Johnson, Kennedy, one of them's got to be on the court. They're not making shots. Uh, Cohen is just not built that way. And um, and then, you know, and neither is French. You know, French is, I mean, there's a game on Friday night. French flared out to the three-point line mm. with a minute to go against Sheffield for, for a three-point shot. Mm. And you stand there thinking... Really? Mm. So they're just, they're just a mix. Um, so Arthur Rob would be pretty happy to have won the game, but I think he'd also be happier that he had the opportunity to go through his players at half time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them of, of his levels and that he got a response from that. Mm. Mark's perspective, um, it's more, it's just more of the same, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, I think he should have called a timeout earlier in the third quarter. I think you should have probably had Hamlet in the game earlier, but I'm not necessarily sure either of them would have made much of a difference mm. that result. Jackson, 10 of 13, 29 points, 9 rebounds. McKenzie, 12. They were the only two in double figures. Love had nine points. Shots. Yeah. Uh, Love had nine points and 13 assists. Uh, Hamlet, 23 points. Cohen, uh, 7 of 9 shooting, 20 points and 6 assists. French and Defoe both had 10. Uh, 33% field goal shooting, Newcastle. Yeah, thirty-three percent from the field, twenty-eight percent from three, or something like that. You know, it's just yeah. it's not going to get it done. But that's your three or twenty-six. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, Sheffield Sharks eighty-nine, Cheshire Phoenix seventy-five. No side Nelson. A precautionary scan. I didn't see what was being scanned, but something. Uh, pretty even first. Uh, like... that, 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 it was yeah. his precaution that was being scanned. Yeah, well, clearly, yes. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's into this precaution. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had this game on once the other game finished, but unfortunately with no scoreboard no on score, the, No score, uh, no, no. I'm sorry, Sheffield. You, you've, got, you, you've got yourself an absolute SMB klaxon disaster. Yeah. Disaster yeah. klaxon going yeah. there. No yeah. score on a four o'clock on a Sunday game when there is um, when there's three other games going on and you yeah. want us to get this crap out here by half past seven on Sunday night. Are you serious? Yeah. But they do Are always you... retweet us, so we can't say nasty things about you. Oh, I can't say nasty things about them, but, oh, but I'm telling you now, you just way dropped in my estimation with that one. Yeah, so, I mean, it meant um, it's difficult. To... The problem with that is, obviously, people say, it's difficult to fast forward if you don't yeah. want to score. Yeah, That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You only want to fast forward to get to the good bits. Um, yeah, I didn't actually, I mean, to be honest, the one bit, I, I watched most of the last Newcastle game for obvious reasons. Um, I watched kind of third quarter on of the Sheffield Cheshire game and, and kind of bits of the first half. Marcus Evans went off again early, I think, mm. um, and made some shots early. Well, but, I have this down as a pretty even first half. It wasn't yeah, until yeah. Sheffield scored 10 of the last 14 points in the second quarter to leave 42 35 that there was anything really between them. Evans with eight helped them to go from uh. Nine down to 48-50 mid-third quarter. And then seven minutes to go. It's still a one-point game, 64-63. And Pipkins and Ramsey score four points each. 
eight unanswered. Sheffield out to a double figure lead, and that was that. Yeah, I mean, I think Sheffield have. My impression was Cheshire got tired, mm. um, and the, uh, part of that would have been the emotion of the win on Friday night and the and the fact that they're playing down bodies. Um, they didn't knock down foul shots. They didn't really make anything in the, in the last ten minutes of the game. Um, the Sheffield also only playing seven players, also played on Friday night. So it's, it's not a massive thing, as it were. But Sheffield have this kind of understanding as a team of what they're doing. They have a lot of depth in, in, in what they're doing. And the the, the parts are almost, almost um, replaceable. Mm. You know, so you're even without Nelson, you've still got your two point guards. You know, they all know where they're going. They know, you know, Del Pesce is playing, O'Cook is playing. It's totally different at the beginning of the season when basically the, the lineups were all over the place. And now yeah. the lineups are absolutely near. Not, and there's a minimal amount of wasted effort or moving around or energy in what they do. They play solid defense, they help out under the basket, they um, protect the rim pretty well, and um, they get the ball to people where they want to shoot it. You know, it's quite scientific basketball, to be mm. honest. Um, and they're all now becoming comfortable with each other. And because they've got the extra guards, um, they have kind of a little cheat, cheat sheet in relation to um, if one of them is not playing well, they still have the bodies. You know, they don't need everybody to play, everybody to, to play well to win. Um, because it's either can pick and choose. So today he didn't have Nelson, but he got a game out of Ramsey, who is... Um, Warm. He's only still probably only played 12, 14 games in the league, you know, and he's getting better. You know, Ramsey is Ramsey is a potential guy to look out for in the playoffs, and they got a game out of him tonight in the fourth quarter. But also, Kipper Nichols has kind of hit his kind of role in, in scoring the ball efficiently when he needs to, and, and they're not relying on him the way that they always they had to earlier on in the season, which again gives him a little bit more space. It means that they've got more margin for error. Um. And they're getting solid production at the two centres. Mm. Necessarily the same on every game. You know, you know, either way, they're both doing what a team wants them to do. And that's just enough. You know, they're not they're not it's not Taj Green who's gonna run up and down and score twenty-five and fifteen rebounds and dunk it in threes. But they are um, very solid in relation to the team concept in relation to what they're doing. Mm. So I thought they, they wore Cheshire down. Cheshire who play a little bit more off energy with Austin and Evans and, and Jack and um, in Archibald, when that energy kind of drops, when the legs aren't quite there, their quality of shot wasn't quite the same as Sheffield's. And um, Sheffield walked away with the game. Mm. Ramsey, 21.7 rebounds. Nichols, 15. Glasgow, 13 points and seven rebounds. First time I've ever seen a, um, a, a shot block on an attempted 360 dunk at the end. If you get the chance, uh, at the end of the game, about two minutes to go, mm-hmm. um, uh, Pipkins goes up to dunk it and Mace and, and does kind of a 180 kind of spin as he's going to dunk it. And Maceo Jack coming from behind kind of swats him away, to which even Mike Tuck was kind of suitably impressed, I think. Mm. You know, so anybody wants to go watch that play, that, that isn't the play of the week. I don't know what it is. Jackson's block in the Leicester Newcastle game was pretty good. Yeah, but we didn't get a good angle of that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and it was, it was Kyle Johnson. It wasn't. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. Kyle Johnson. It was his legs were struggling. He's thirty-three. He's played two games. He's and he's he's coming down the middle. He's not the same as Jalen Pipkins, mm, true, uh, who is true. currently a highlight film. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Austin, 18 points and seven rebounds and 11 assists. Jack, 17 points. Some power shots again, Austin, though, down yeah. the stretch. Evan, 16 points and five assists. So, final game of the day. Manchester Giants, 90. London Lions, 96. Sharma back uh, for the Lions. They've obviously got that game on Wednesday in the Euro Cup. Uh, Lions led early, but didn't really get away until Sharma started scoring for them to get them out to 36, uh, sorry, 26 35 in the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, you pointed out, I think, on Comrie Decker started. That's a big thing. Mm. I thought he looked really good for the certainly for the first minutes that he played. I thought he wore down a little bit. I don't know if he's entirely right, but the first quarter and a half of the game, he just kind of bestrode the game. He's just, mm. just too good. Um, and obviously, Manchester, they kind of like London, kind of like playing Manchester because it's not like Europe, you're not going to get beaten up. You know, the lanes are there, the shots are there if you want them. You're going to get into it. And then, the, then London are the one kind of team in the league you don't really want to get into a scoring race with if you're Manchester. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of, because of what because of their, their shot-making abilities. Um, but I actually enjoyed the game. I thought London were great. I'm really mm. impressed with what with the way um, that they are playing. Um, Best was outstanding in this Yeah, basketball. he was. Good. He went for 30. He, you know, he just made every play. Um, and they did it in such a way that they put a distance between them and Manchester early and they never really let it... It's a six-point game, but it wasn't a six-point game. Mm. Um, you know, they were up 18 halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. Never really had much jeopardy to it. And only had a little temper tantrum. Um, I'm, I mean, I remain amazed that he, he's a Harvard guy, I think. He, he went, He's an Ivy League player. Mm. And, um, you know, he's got a fuse, which... Um, I think if I was the coach, and I'm sure the coach is a little bit kind of having to monitor it, because basically they missed a call. You know, McKelvey missed a call. I think on the on the swipe by Robeson, and basically Oni's pride kicked in. It's like I'm an NBA player. He he don't got my shot. Um, what did how's that not call? And he gave it the full at the ref. Then he got teed straight away again, quite probably just like Ali Hodzic in um, Caledonia. But I'm not just because you missed the call doesn't mean he can do that to you. Mm. This is, I mean, I've talked about people being frustrated when, yeah, yeah, it's in the ref not overact, overreacting to that, but it was, you know, gratuitous kind of stand, staring down, giving him a pointing his finger, giving abuse. So that's an immediate attack. So I'm fine with that. Um, then he keeps going, it's just kind of in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, to be fair, Kate Unsworth stands there and listens to it for a while. Neil McKelvey could have given him a second one. I mean, it was. Kind of Neil Wilkinson Paul goes all over again. Yeah, yeah. And um he could have got it a lot earlier. And eventually we didn't actually see him get it, but it appears that what he got a second one for was for giving having it up to the crowd when the crowd were booing him. <laughs> um so taunting the crowd as well. And then you know he's he's going off and there's a couple of high five and a couple of the kids in the crowd, and it's just like, you know, how is you know mm. that to me. You know, it's interesting because they've started throwing in the ball more. He's become the go-to guy a little bit more. He's been getting against Leicester. He got the ball in the post a bit more as well. Um, but that, to me, he's he's the one player because of his British passport that if you're going to play Euroleague in London, you want him. Mm. You know, he's he's got NBA pedigree. He's got the Euroleague body. Mm. Offensive game is probably it's still not British passport. And the British passport, mm. you know? So you would want him. But the way... He is so emotionally volatile that it, it strikes me that it, it's it, unlike Decker, yeah. unlike Zubchic and those guys, it strikes me that he has the, uh, you know, I, what am I doing in this league? 
vibe about him. Um, insofar as you can't, you're not making a call for me. You know, I'm, you know, you know, because he, he got, he got. As I say that the foul he got against Leicester to foul himself out. He got technical against Leicester as well, and that referee wasn't good. So I, I kind of cut him a bit of slack on that. But the fifth foul he committed in that game was nuts. Mm. It was literally no. It was a ridiculous reach. You know, when the Leicester but McKenzie, I think it was, wasn't trying to make a play. Then in this game, you know, he lost it. It, it was probably top meltdown of the season so mm. far in all the games that we've watched. In as far as how, um, can how continued it was, you know, it wasn't thirty seconds, it wasn't a minute, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Farrah getting thrown out for throwing the ball and saying mm. something. It was, you know, it was real consistent kind of. Are you really going to keep doing this? And he did, and that to me is is, is a mental thing, and that mental thing is, you know. How dare you not make a call for me? What am I doing in this league, in this gym? I played in NBA gyms, and now I'm playing in front of a thousand people in Manchester. And that's a difficult thing. And as I say, it's, it's, it's to the greatest credit of Sam Decker and Zubcic and um, and Jordan Taylor. But they don't see it like that. You can see they don't see it like that. You know, they're, they're coming out to do their job, right? And they're respecting everything that's in front of them. I'm not sure we're getting that from Mayoroni. And that's an issue for London going forward. Clearly, they'd want to sign him back, but they, because of what he is, his game, his game is you know high level. He's a Euroleague level player with a British passport, and there simply aren't those guys out there, unless you're talking about paying you know substantial. You know, you know, we tried Byron Mullins, didn't we? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get Oji and Obi, you know. So, you know, where are Euroleague guys with British passports going to come from? Well, he's one of them. Um, they're going to need him. So that's a, a slight twist for them because you're up 15 in the game. You know, you don't need to be giving it that. You know, they've not been wrong. Everybody's playing well. Everyone's scoring. You don't need to be to fly off the hook in that game at that situation. Um, so, yeah, and, and Manchester kind of kept going and Dirk just kept shooting. You know, Dirk just kept making plays. Dirk made four threes in the last two minutes to cut it from 15 to four, but it was still unnecessarily long at the end of that game. Manchester weren't going to get all the way back. I don't know why it took that long. Oh, it did, didn't it? There was, yeah, there was, it was just like, come on, just the, get over I think there was it. A problem with the, I think it was a problem with the score. I think they put there was track. a problem with the score. There was two timeouts. There was fouls. There was this. And it was like, this game is over. What are this we game doing? Is over. What are we doing? It's Easter yeah, Sunday. Fact, last game, Fletch didn't make a field goal. Didn't it happen earlier this season? Didn't we ask this question earlier this season? I don't know. I can't remember. He was over 10 in this game. He struggled a bit with the length of the the um, London Lions and kind of finishing over them, I thought. Mm. Um, Aaron Best was just just exceptional. Really, I mean, every shot he shot, you thought it was going in. Um, every play he made at the rim, you thought it was going in. You know, if, if he, he could have had 50, he could have had 40 if he played real, played for the whole game. Mm. You know, I thought... Just London's London's offense without those big guys in the middle choking it up. Mm. London's offense is really nice. Mm. You know, I get what they get from Sharma played a bit, and then Sharma's a finisher. Uh, but the way the ball is moving, and they've not got an on shooter on the court. I don't think Josh played in this game. I didn't see him on the court. Um, uh, and so everybody, you know, everybody, and even he's shooting the ball quite well. Mm. But everybody that they have on the court is, you know, someone who you're not going to leave open. Mm. Little hat tip to uh, Nicholas Lewis as well. That was a heck of a shot on the half. Oh, a shot on half court. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was I watched good. that back, and it was point one mm. when it left his hand. 
I don't know if it's. I've I've seen a video from the baseline. One of the BBL uh, videographers yeah. has got it. I don't know if it's gone out yet, but it's a good. I watched one. it on the, on, on the sitting on the clock on the screen. It was. I was thinking that's late. That's late. That's late. And he got it off at kind of point zero 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 one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic shot. I mean, Nick Lewis makes tough shots, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Half court ones. Dirk Williams, 12 of 18, 35 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Taj Green, 21 and 15. Robertson, 10 and 7. Best had 28. Uh, Zubchic, Decker, and Sharma all had 11. So let's quickly run through the uh, league table before we go. Uh, Lions, obviously, champions, 24 and 9. Leicester now up to second place. They're guaranteed a top three. 29 and 4. 29 and 4. Did I say something other than that? 24 and 9. Oh, yeah. 29 yeah. and 4. Um, yeah. Leicester up to second. I'm guaranteed a top three place. 22 and 10. Bristol not quite guaranteed a uh, top three place yet because they don't have the head to head with Caledonia, but probably. Uh, 22 yeah. and 11. Caledonia 18 and 14. Looking good for top four now with four games to go for them. Yeah. Um, Manchester 17 and 16, Cheshire 16 and 16, Sheffield 16 and 17. So those three can go anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. Plymouth looking good for eighth place, 11 and 21 with four to go. Uh, Newcastle with only one home game left and trips to Caledonia, Le uh, London, and Plymouth. Uh, basically, well, they've got to be well, they've got to win two out of three against um against Glasgow, against Caledonia twice in London. Yeah. Um, in a way, which is, you'd think was somewhat unlikely. Um, and then, then then beat Plymouth by more than 10. Mm. Um, but I don't see, I don't see it in no. Um That said, you know, I'm not sure, I don't, like, Caledonia, we'll be, we'll play Caledonia on Friday night, and if, you know, mm. and, and, and no reason. Um, why that can't be a close game, particularly as Newcastle now have the whole team, the whole team back in and ready to play. Mm. But what I do think is, you know, Newcastle's away record this year is two and thirteen in the league. Two and thirteen, yeah. Both of those wins, both of those wins happened in Guildford, so they mm. only really count one, mm. but half of each really. Um, you know, so against everybody else in the league, apart from Surrey, everybody above them, they're zero and thirteen on the road, mm. and they've got two. Three more road games. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, if you're a betting man, then your odds would be um, that, uh, that it would be Plymouth to get the ritual humping from London in the first mm. round. Mm. Um, I report Newcastle, at least, and, and to a certain degree, you know, what I'd, I'd pay for is, I mean, to be fair, Plymouth have, play, Plymouth have played this weekend like they want to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And last weekend, I was beginning, I was, I was looking at thinking, these are two teams who are fighting each other for the playing seat home, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now, I well, think, you know, they, they, my 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 crumb of comfort offering is that Caledonia have the worst away record in the league, in the playoffs teams of the playoffs. Yeah, teams. they do. That's right. I think I think you can, look. I think the reality is Newcastle season has um, uh, has terminated on the hill of the teams that are just above them. Mm. Cheshire swept them. Sheffield three and one. Sheffield were three and one. Manchester swept them. That's one and eleven against Chef again and, and against Caledonia that and two. So that's one and thirteen against Caledonia, Sheffield, and Manchester and Cheshire. Mm. And they've been in a lot of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've been in a lot of those games, even to the point of being ten, but Manchester with three minutes to go. So so that's where their records 
they've been that's where the record has been. Um, so there's no reason why they shouldn't be competing with those teams, particularly when there's so much on the line for them and there's so there's so little on the line for the others. But they haven't been able to, you know. That's that's you know that's the way it is. So I, I don't think it's done. I do. I don't know who Plymouth have got left, but I think they've got a tough running as well. Um, but Plymouth are struggling with if Hawthorne's out and if Gadsden's out, then you know it's really tough for them to win another game. To be honest, with, with the group that they've got. Um, Plymouth are to... at Leicester, at home to Cheshire, at London, and then at home to uh, Newcastle. Well, we know they're not going to win at Leicester because that just doesn't happen. Um, it'd be astounding if they win at London, just like it would be astounding if Newcastle win at London, because Newcastle, because London haven't got anybody to rest, you know, <laughs> in the way they're playing. And in relation to Cheshire at home, well, they could win that game, um, because depending on who's, who's healthy for Cheshire. Yeah. You know, and, and Cheshire keeping guys healthy for the playoffs, so it's feasible. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably over. And, and you know, if if and I think to be honest, if you're looking at both teams, the best basketball played by either team have been Plymouth before the Christmas. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they when yeah. they had Antonio Williams and they had yeah, yeah, yeah. guys and Trey Simons, Trey Simons, and they won they won a number of games and Mark Hedrick Bell. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know the fact that they 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 played better about since Christmas. No, not really. I don't think either of them has been up to much. I think Newcastle have actually probably been slightly better, but they haven't turned those been, been slightly better in the wins. But if you were taking a batch of the season for who was playing the best at a certain time, then Plymouth before Christmas earned the right to get in the playoffs. So good for them. It's not over, folks, but you might be able to see the ending next Friday night live on Sky Sports. Oh, right on Sky. Well, apparently we've got a massive, we've got a big um, flags. Um, this, oh, war this, flags. Yeah, I saw that. Flags, are, well, flags yeah. are, come, are, are putting it all together on Friday night. Well, I so, expect you to have an SMB flag waving it up, up to court to me. You see, you've got to be careful around here because in Newcastle, SMB stands for something very different. Okay. I feel well, like I, I ought not to ask what it might sound like. Well, I'm not going to tell you. It's well, the, the middle word is Mackham. Okay. Yes. Okay. I can guess okay, the other two. Um, so, um, <laughs> so I'd need to be careful about that. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. read it or Google it if you're over 18. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it should, should be a good night. I mean, to be honest, it's... Um, it's nearer the end of the year, so we're all having a bit of fun at the moment. Aren't we? Yeah, indeed. Um, I just, yeah, and we'll, we'll see where the um, and and soon enough we'll be in the situation of only a few games. To, to indeed, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll only have a few to go, which means we might be finishing so, a little earlier than half, half past nine <laughs> as it is now. So let's uh, wrap this one up. So have a great week, everybody, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. And Dave and I will be back next Sunday night to do it all over again. Goodbye. Yeah.